Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to another episode of Midnight MMA with yours truly, Manny G from MMA Fight Club. We're on to another one. An exciting UFC Vegas 74 card from a drama standpoint. We're going to cover that, cover the split heard around the world, go over fight results, each fight, some tad bit details here and there. Talking about betting implications, we'll go over our full tip sheet, how we did. We did finish up in the red. Uh, silver lining was it was made negative 1.2 or something units. We'll peel back the layers of our tip sheet. We'll cover a little KSW, a knockout. You just don't see very often a guy off his back <laughs> hooks the guy above him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at myself in the video. I got so much sun recently from doing yard work and I haven't cut my facial hair. It's midnight MMA. You guys give me a pass. Um, Cage Warriors 155. That's a place in San Diego. We'll touch upon that a little bit. Uh, UFV, the $1.1,000 tournament wrapped up today. I had the absolute pleasure of being on the broadcast with those guys. Uh, excellent group. Shout out to my man, Shoot. Shout out to uh, Kratos. Um, um, oh, is it Bonebreaker? I think it's Bonebreaker. Yeah, these guys, really nice crew of dudes that I got a chance to work with today. Had fun on that. And if you want to watch the replay of that, it is available on the UFE Twitch channel. Uh, also available on our Twitch channel, also available right here on YouTube. And you can see the tournament. And it was a $1,000 winner. I'll go over the winner of that tournament. Also, the co, the co, uh, I guess not the co, uh, the runner up. So we'll go over that a little bit as well. Um, some promo spots for you guys before we jump into this show tonight. Um, let me first of all take that banner away, right? Because we have started the show. And uh, let me tell you guys about some things that are going on here in and around the MFC network we are growing we are expanding and we have some exciting news for you first of all not this wednesday next wednesday the 14th of june we will be adding officially a new show to the network it'll be a one-hour show on wednesday's nights wednesday nights excuse me uh that'll be 10 p.m eastern to 11 p.m eastern uh that's gonna be a show called butterfly guard hosted by Haley. and Haley is a texas gal knows her mixed martial arts active on the socials uh, we crossed paths with her recently and we are so great to have her coming aboard uh she is in the process of, of moving her and her husband and the kids and they're getting some things finalized but uh we'll be happy to have her joining the network and that'll be every wednesday from 10 to 11 p.m eastern right here on this channel you'll have Haley uh with you hosting the show called butterfly guard and uh if you like some off the you know different angle and also female kind of uh dialogue and seeing it from a female lens You'll like that show. Another show I want to talk about, which is not finalized yet, but I can't wait for it to come out. It's going to be a show hosted by CeeLo, uh, Carlos Salinas, a guy who worked with us on MFC number one. Uh, really cool dude. Love his angle on some things. He's just working out some details of his schedule. Once we get CeeLo officially on board, he'll be hosting a show, most likely Friday or Saturdays, that'll cover... It'll cover some of the UFC stuff and the main, you know, stuff going on in and around mixed martial arts, but it's also going to cover like a good part of the show will be esports gaming, UFC four gaming. And so we're going to really try to cover that niche of, of the world. There are gaming tournaments going on each weekend. There is money being won out there. And so CeeLo will be covering uh, that as part of uh, his content. So once that gets scheduled and we're done with that, I'm hoping maybe early part of July, I'd like to see that show kick off. And then one more show, um, talk about completely off the wall and some different content for you guys. We've got two twin brothers, Zelvin and Delvin, or Devin and Zelvin. 
Devin and Zelvin. Uh, these two young men who are from South Africa have the beautiful, luscious South African voice. And uh, I just tried to do an imitation of it. I sound terrible. Those two young men are also going to be getting set up and running. They're going to be covering like Octagon for us. They're going to be covering Eagle FC, One, um, pretty much these farm promotions that we don't talk enough about here. We're going to try to have them at least if not maybe other, every other week, maybe once a week, they're going to fire it up. That show, even though it may, it's going to be recorded live um, at times, it's going to be like opposite hours because those guys now currently live in Ireland, um, not too far from the famed Conor McGregor's gym. And so they are now in Ireland. These two twin brothers, they're awesome. Looking forward to having them jump on to the network and and doing their show so a lot of new content right uh some more new stuff newsletter okay so if you've noticed the newsletter recently just some additions changes whatever i can announce some of those today we're going to do our tip sheet later in the week these prop results are not coming out until thursday sometimes friday we don't want to delay our newsletter so we're going to try to get our, our our ufc newsletters on tuesday morning earlier in the week so you guys have our write-up you have our prediction you have how we see the fight and some betting spots we like without the lines then later in the week we're going to shoot you out maybe thursday i mean i would hate to do it in friday i'd rather be earlier but it's, it's these prop prices are not coming out i mean we're waiting for them to come out a fight comes in late late replacement also takes more time so for those tip sheets probably going to separate those in a newsletter and how they come out we also have a new writer Okay, if you are subscribed to newsletter, free or paid version, you got the first little insert there from Haley, the host of Butterfly Guard. Uh, she is actually a pretty, put it this way, she writes too. I'll let her explain to you what her uh, foray in writing is. But the bottom line is she'll be taking on a, a column that'll be once a week. We're still working out the details of what she'll be talking about. It could be like a play-by-play, -play, which you saw in this first column where she's just sort of giving you her like off the cuff, I'm watching the fight, I'm typing up like I'm a reporter and giving you sort of my play-by-play -play of how I see it. Uh, may have some other content, but we can expect something from her once a week. And if you're subscribed to our newsletter, we're going to offer her content, I think, free for the first, let's say, few weeks, just so people can see it and see if they like it, if they don't, whatever. But if they want to add it to their portfolio and become a paid member, then at some point we may add that to our paid subscription or maybe just show a part of her articles you kind of get it but nonetheless very excited to have Haley writing uh with us here and, and doing some content so if you are subscribed to our newsletter you've already seen maybe her first uh, insert if you're not subscribed the link is down below free version and paid version so the free version is like we said free and Haley's content will be free for right now until we you know get some more things established all right so that's the new stuff um don't forget, if you're here tonight, if you're here with us late tonight, you might be falling asleep. That's okay. Just make sure you lock the doors, you know, close the windows, put the air conditioner on if you got to do that. But get yourself ready to go to sleep because I've got a voice that tends to put people into a very, like a trance. You get a little bit of tunes. You get some nice vibes. We're in full after hours mode. It's after midnight, East Coast. You know, so we're no screaming, no yelling, uh, just very chill vibes. If you're in the chat same thing you know welcome to these good vibes try to hang out with us and uh, just relax but please don't forget to like and subscribe if you're hearing us on twitch yeah twitch is a very new universe for us uh we're more uh youtube centric but uh like us there too i guess or comment over there as well i think we have some kind of a robot in there that does things that's all new to me right Okay, without further ado, let's jump into UFC Vegas 74, a fight card that had all the moments. It had the 
uh exciting finish you know you had the miller right miller knocked out which was whew, you know miller's like i ain't get old uh then you had some fights that were like watching molasses and i am not here to critique ufc or this is not a critique to anybody i'm just calling it what, what it is that maxine grisham fight with um philippe which opened the card wow there were moments there where i couldn't believe it was just the third round i'm like I'm, I'm sorry just the second round i'm like i thought this fight was over by now it just seemed to drag drag and drag now looking at it closely it wasn't as if they weren't trying to hurt each other do they respect each other were they there you know to, to compete and win the fight absolutely let me bring up a screen here so i can share with you our little handy dandy excel sheet uh, we had an interesting uh interesting showing let's put it that way uh we could have done better but we could have done worse right so let me pull this up here we're over here and uh put that volume down a little bit a little loud for me all right so we're down here on that first fight maxine grisham versus philip lens we did have maxine grisham to win uh so we were wrong on that Thought the fight had some close moments. Ultimately, you see Philip Lenz get the decision, get the win. I thought he was the rightful, rightful winner. And uh, not much more to go over there. I mean, in terms of our prop bets, I, I, let's talk about that actually. Hold on. Um, our prop bets that we were eyeing up for that fight were the fight going over one and a half at minus 320, the distance minus 135, decision for Grisham at plus 180 fight starting round two very chalky at minus 500 but you know could be something for the edge of a parlay and then the two split props here we had an eye on those the fight doesn't go to what looks like the split it looks pretty convincing like it went to philip Lins, and it does go to him mind you grisham 39 years old a lot of the older fighters did not do well in this card with the exception of miller we'll talk about that more towards the end so first fight up and down uh not a lot of action though they they were trying to hit each other so i, I don't want to say like they weren't trying to hurt each other they were hitting with some power but you know they just it just got slow at times. Next fight, Luan Lacerda versus Damon Blackshear. It was at this moment I thought I'm about to have a really bad card because Luan Lacerda, he's one of what one, two, he's one of two fighters on the entire card who I had pinned as like I like him a lot here um, with a little up arrow you notice there on the screen. Big mistake on my part because Damon Blackshear, I talked about this in the breakdown. I had seen him in past fights. I actually picked him. I picked him against the Basharat guy last fight. He lost, but I, I I thought that highly of him. And then recency bias, he drops a fight. Next thing you know, I'm I'm bailing on him, right? I thought so highly of Lacerda, though. I was impressed by the record and recent. I, you know, just I saw a lot of things that I fell in love with. Had this pick totally wrong because even though Luan Lacerda does get a moment or two where he's going after a possible submission. It's not really there. He's sort of just kind of chasing, gets beat up a lot on the ground in the process with Jamal Blackshear just sort of tacking him up and Luan just chasing, chasing a leg, ch chasing a heel. Props you'd like to hear for the fight, not going to the distance at plus 120. That cashes a spot that my biggest regret is I didn't, I didn't lay into it more. I saw it as like, you know, it's a pretty good spot, right? And it was a spot we also felt comfortable as our parlay prop for that, our, our, our prop lock for that fight. So plus 120 does hit under two and a half hits now the submission props this is where i was way off thought this fight was a shoo-in to land a, a submission on some one of these two sides right submission win for lacerda plus 240 round two submission for lacerda plus 700 and then either fighter to win by submission at plus 180 you can imagine i'm watching the fight every now and then lacerda has a chance to get a submission i'm like come on man you could do it but uh doesn't happen so you know, I can go to a bigger screen. What 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 am I doing here? Right. 
I could do this. It'd be a little bit better for you guys, right? Okay, now in terms of, uh, oh, so that fight, you know, Damon Blackshear ends up getting himself a win, gets himself a TKO win, um, three minutes, 54 seconds of round number two, and uh, ultimately, you know, looks good. I, I kind of messed up there. I forgot. <laughs> so, and he reminded my ass. Um, next fight, and we'll go over the full tip sheet once we get to the card, the card, uh, you know, results of each, just each fight. All right, so Jin Yu Fry, first female fight in the card versus Elise Reed. We were very confident in Elise Reed. You know, I had a lot of confidence pre-fight. I thought to myself, if if she fights the way she's supposed to, at range, you know, use the hands. I see Jin Yu Fry winning round one because Jin Yu Fry is usually a little... You know, fresher and stronger and, and that physique just drains her almost played out to the t right because Jin Yu fry appears to get round one with some control time takedowns you know just enough of that right the striking is somewhat even then you get around two uh momentum seems to change a bit right and then elise reed kind of down the stretch does more so from one standpoint really happy with the outcome we had a nice little chunk of change on elise reed as a straight up bet uh, the props we liked here were the fight going the distance at minus 275. That happens over 1.5 rounds. Elise Reed by decision at plus 125. Either fighter by split was plus 800. And uh, over 1.5 rounds at minus 550 was the prop lock here. So we had a decent view of the fight. But here's again, here's the problem with this. As confident as we were, we should have laid a little more into this. We'll talk about that on the tip sheet. Notably, Jin Yu Fry, 38 years old, and uh, yeah, older fighter. Not doing well there against the 30-year-old Elise Reed. Though it, it wasn't like she got beat up badly for Jin Yu Fry. It was, it was a competitive match. Next one, Jamie Malarkey, uh, Muhammad John Naimov, super-duper late replacement, comes in here and he starches Malarkey. Oh, my. Now, I ain't gonna lie to you. I had some little personal parlays out there, and I had my man... Um, malarkey in them i thought yeah you know what let me just throw him in some stuff because it's kind of safe this guy's coming in last minute and then round number two it's not like it's a round one flash knockout they do go to round number two and in round number two muhammad muhammad john name off uh, by the way on tapology like they have his name muhammad on one area and then it's muhammad john whatever mr name off this guy goes ahead and gets himself a quality knockout two minutes 59 seconds into round number two and puts malarkey just i know look one more thing too it wasn't a terrible stoppage but malarkey was still trying to gather there a little bit uh so i wish it made a little bit longer and nonetheless malarkey lost he lost he got knocked down he got knocked knocked out got finished if you were a betting person you knew like that minus 435 was probably not a good idea but parlay wise you're like you couldn't help yourself like me at plus 350, though, we did have a play on name off straight up, and we'll talk about that in the tip sheet. We talked about it in the breakdown notes that are in our newsletter. We felt that was the smart side. So, again, here's a spot on this card. Two of them, Elise Reed and Naimov. Had we laid a little harder into it, we easily finished profitable this week. So a little hesitation on our part here on two spots that we should have been more aggressive with. But, hey, it's uh, spilled milk. We can't cry over it. So we did have malarkey. That puts us on the first four fights in this card. We start out one and three on the predictions. We had Grisham, Ant, Luan Lacerda, new. Then we had Elise Reed, okay. Then we had Malarkey, no. So we start the fight card off that way. We did we have no prop bets that we were looking at closely for Malarkey versus uh, Namoff just because, again, it was a late replacement. Not much time to prepare for it. And so we kind of left that one alone from that perspective, but we still had the wrong fighter. We keep it moving. John Castaneda versus Moeen Gafarov. Wow. So Gafarov 
at times it appeared he would definitely run out of gas. The man's fighting one gear. Like he's got two gears in his car. He starts in first and then skips right to sixth gear and just keeps it in sixth. And you're like, is this guy going to gas out? Somehow goes the full distance. I, at times, I feel like John Castaneda was like, is this guy going to keep coming? I mean, dude, but Castaneda does enough. He's sharper. Moeen is hurling shots. I mean, dipping his shoulder, um, showed a good chin, tons of heart, pushed the pace, wanted to get into a brawl. Um, did he, I think he clipped Castaneda once or twice. Twice. When I say clipped, I mean, like, got his attention. Um, but yeah, for Gafaroff, a hell of a pace, pressure, amazing. At plus 120, you know, he earned every bit of the money line that he had there. And for Castaneda, he wins the fight by decision, but he got tested. It was a bit of a brawl. A lot of respect between both fighters. Gafaroff was the replacement fighter here. The props we like for this fight were the fight not going to the cards at minus 105, over 1.5 rounds at minus 280. The fight going inside the distance for either fighter, that was plus 300 for Castaneda and plus 240 for Gafaroff. Decision win for Castaneda plus two, I'm sorry, plus 175. And then decision win for Gafaroff plus 330. So kind of all over the place there. We end up with a decision win though for Castaneda, which is plus 175. The prop block at minus, I'm sorry, over 1.5 rounds at minus 280. That does hit. So in our first five fights, we had four prop locks. The, the fifth one being Malarkey, we didn't have a prop lock there because we didn't look heavily into that fight due to the late replacement again. All right, next fight, Andre Orlovsky. By the way, if the chat, guys, my man here was first, right? Tom Miggins, love you, dude. You're always around. You're always supporting. Appreciate you, dude, especially when we're up here at midnight, right? My man, Anthony, Anthony W., he says here, yo, saw the UFE stream you put up earlier. Hope you had a good weekend, bro. Yes, that was, uh, thank you, Anthony. I appreciate that. We, um, we were, you know, I'm partnering with them on some stuff. A lot of it's in flux. It's new. And I'll be announcing some things tonight, at least a few formal things. Obviously, I did some broadcasting with them today, which was a blast. Had a really good time with that. And uh, we had a ton of technical issues on the broadcast, none of which was really anyone's fault. It just happened. I know for me, trying to produce these events for esports gaming in the near future, and we have some events that are coming up, we want to make sure we're doing the best we can to limit the glitches that can happen and try to keep things as free-flowing as possible. But uh, things still do come up. But nonetheless, I had a blast doing it, Anthony. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for mentioning it. And I will get back to that a little bit more later on. Okay, so Arlovsky, the veteran uh, against Dontel Mays. Arlovsky, the 44-year-old Arlovsky, uh, older by 14 years by than Dontel Mays. And look, props we liked here with the fight going the distance we got that wrong <laughs> um the fight actually didn't why do i have it here marked as blue see i had that wrong fight going to the distance which that did not happen then we had the uh the fight going over 1.5 rounds which um that did did it happen three minutes and yeah so it did go over 1.5 rounds double checking my notes here the fight Winning by decision for Arlovsky at plus 150 does not hit. Mays into the distance at plus 180 does satisfy. The split props, nothing there. And then the over 1.5 rounds at minus 370 was our prop lock for this fight. So another prop lock hits. You know, So this was a good streak for us, even though it starts to fall apart here as we go on. Nonetheless, here's what we need to know about this fight. Dontel Mays, very average heavyweight. Uh, you know, he's got some ability. Obviously, he's got some finish ability. His feet are huge, by the way. He's tried a few, like, spinning kicks. And I thought to myself, when I saw his foot flying through the air, I'm like, yo, if that foot hits you in the head, you're going to have a problem. 
But uh, he just catches Arlovsky out. It was a straight right or something, and then he kind of puts him down. And then, you know, Arlovsky was definitely stunned. 44, been fighting for 24 years. What's their, you know, what's, what's you know, why? If you still need the money, I guess I get it. But I would hope that you have done something with this money over the years that you've been earning because you earned a lot of money. But nonetheless, it just seems like, you know, this is like what just happened to that other guy who just retired recently. Oh, the other Russian who fought in a different promotion and just got waxed the other day. It's like, ugh, I don't want to see this. So I think for Arlovsky, um, he didn't retire, didn't put the gloves down, probably will come back and fight in a year from now and, and get paid a nice little bag again and maybe just keeps going. But uh, when you get knocked out by Dante Mays, could be the time to, you know, call it a day. Daniel Santos versus Johnny Munoz, bantamweight bout, 135 pounders. And about that... Uh, I felt good when the fight was over, um, but there were some squirrely moments there early on, round one or so, round one and a half. Johnny Munoz is literally a submission. He's a snake. Okay, let's put it out there. And I mean, in a good way, he's like a cobra. He's going he's gonna to get, not a cobra. Cobra's not a constrictor. He's a constrictor. He's more like a, a python. He gets his ass around you, starts wrapping around you. Next thing you know, you got Johnny Munoz's legs around your neck and you're fighting for your life. And, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's just a process with Johnny Munoz and his father pedigree all that stuff is there i mean i felt coming into the octagon i had less and less confidence in santos as the fight progressed to get closer i had him picked but i wasn't confident in him to win i had this fight not going to decision and i had it for sure if you ask me pre-fight how does it end i'm like for sure submission both guys have that ability munoz is like submission or bust but we see a full decision and what we also see is that santos pretty much dominates munoz especially like round two and on, he just dominates Munoz. And Munoz, let me tell you, dude, I get it. You like to pull guard. I get it. You like to work from your back. But but homie, my homie, at some point, you got to abandon the game plan, you know, and you got to find some other method because he was pulling guard. And I could have imagined you're betting on him. He's behind. And you're just like, dude, you, that's not working. That's not working. So frustrating from that standpoint, it's weird. Like next fight, you'll see Munoz come out. He'll pull guard, get a submission, win. And it's like, you know, this fight right here, people will forget about it. Don't forget about this fight when you're looking at Munoz in the future. This one, you got to register in the head. For Santos, uh, moving on up. What, two fights in a row? He's won now in the UFC. Stock is rising. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Anthony writes in here, he says, I don't know anything about Tajikistan. But I know those dudes make for damn good fight. Well, I'm glad you mentioned this, Anthony, because I was watching the broadcast. And if you were watching, especially the first few fights, Grisham comes out. Uh, he's walking out. And as he's walking out, you know, got the camera above the arena from the top area. And it's looking down, right? You see him walking out and there's just tons of empty seats. And of course, I'm thinking, oh, didn't, didn't Tim Elliott ask about getting tickets and he couldn't get it? And Dana post-fight post-fight press conference said that um, tickets only go to the main event, I guess, fighters for, for Apex, whatever. But so Tim Elliott couldn't get any tickets. You got all these open seats. There were open, empty seats throughout, I believe, the entire fight card. But that was the first fight, so I kind of get it. Nonetheless, then you've got like this guy from Tajikistan, or Tajikistan, I'm sorry. He's got a soccer stadium of people they show on the broadcast a soccer stadium of people at like four o'clock 4 30 in the morning filled a soccer stadium of people to i don't know were they playing it on a projector or something but they were all there to cheer on 
and support uh, one of the Tajikistan fighters, or maybe both of them. Nonetheless, the irony was deafening because here you have the apex with, I don't know how many people are in there, like legit. Let's just say there's probably 100 fans. And so you have that, and then you have halfway around the world, they have a freaking stadium of people who are willing to watch on whatever method they can to, to be able to see their boy fight ksw saturday night off the chain with their event so i don't know i mean does ufc probably make a lot more profit by doing it this way the apex and stuff yeah but sterile doesn't cut it there's definitely a level of like it's sterile in the apex man and that whew, veterans like maxine grisham walking out and I wonder how that just, I don't know, how, how does it play with the head? And yeah, Anthony, during the UFE broadcast, we'll talk about that. That was absolutely hilarious, the the faking the Anthony Smith voice and then Nico Price and I going back and forth. That was too funny, right? Okay, so Santos gets the win. The props here were way off because the fight not going the distance, minus 225. That was our prop lock, under two and a half rounds, minus 160. Nope. Uh, Santos by decision. It was on our radar for some reason. It does happen. Plus 230. The fight ends by submission either way. I was very confident that would happen. Plus 275 doesn't happen. So we get the pick right. We finish the prelim card with one, two, three, four picks right, three picks wrong. We shift to the main card. Elizal Zaleski versus Abubakar Numagomedov. Though <laughs> the jokes are all out there. Maybe he's going to have to cut part of his last name off or maybe when he goes back to the homestead they're going to have him sleeping out back in the shed or something because he's the least of the you know good bubakar i mean uh, Numagomedov just doesn't seem to pull it all together this fight was good though it was close i heard some people in the twitter sphere i read some people out there saying that they thought Numagomedov should have won i'm not saying that either guy won i thought both guys left on the table i'm so glad zaleski won because i picked on him and i bet on him to win but here's the trick we bet on him to win by split and that hit so at plus 1100 that was nice not much money on the bet, though, but we did point that split prop out as a possibility. So at plus 1,100, he does win by a split. Decision win for Zaleski, that hits. Starting round three, minus 280, that hits. The fight going the distance, minus 190. Yes, over 1.5 rounds at minus 400. That was our prop lock. We had this fight more or less pinned down. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, five. Well, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six out of our seven props that were on the radar hit and Zaleski the person we had to win also won but yeah super close fight I thought could have gone either way could have gone either way I'm not gonna sit here and try to bullshit you that oh Zaleski look better like nah man it, it could have gone either way and uh, it, was, it was both guys left a lot out there <laughs> meaning like room for it to be interpreted next fight I regret just not going with my instinct I felt that Karen Silva was way better stronger would just run through Souza. I've seen Souza in prior fights. was not imp impressed, but her last few did show improvement for Souza. That was the thing that kind of got me off here. Only 27. So I went from really high on Silva, like putting her in parlays with a lot of confidence at minus 215, and then I lost confidence. And I should have been ratcheting up the confidence and saying, you know what? Finish. Round one finish. That kind of method. I had her by round two subs. So I wasn't completely off base here. But man... She gets her finishes early and often. All her wins are by finish. The fight not going the distance at minus 150 now looks like, <laughs> what a bargain. The sub prop for Karen Silva plus 165 also seems to be a bargain now hindsight. 
So those things we did have right, but then the rest of it's red, like fight starting round number two at minus 330. Nope, that was our prop lock. The round two submission for Silva. No, he, she did it in round one. The over 1.5 rounds at minus 200. Nope. And then decision win for Souza at plus 300. Never had a chance. Sustained somewhat of a knee injury. You can see that there. Um, hopefully it wasn't too bad. I don't think it was like, you know, by the way, I get on my soapbox here for a second. The, the commentators, and you know, Bisbang does it. Maybe it's a maybe it's a language barrier for him. But he'll always say the the knee popped out. Uh, you know, I don't know what kind of medical terminology he's he's referring to. Is he saying it, it was dislocated? It popped out where? <laughs> What's popping out? Um, and I, that terminology usually infers that something is like a dislocation or a, a, something popping a ligament. What looked to me, I'm not a doctor. It looked like her knee was forced to kind of bend a little bit. Like she had it in a in a in a in a position, and then once it started to straighten or bend, it was being also torqued, you know, laterally, and that could give you a tear of the of the MCL, that inner that inner ligament, the medial collateral ligament. That's like a that's a four to five week recovery, and you're you know you're back to almost full, and then six to eight weeks later with proper rehab, you're a hundred percent back on point. So, but when you hear the commentary, they'll be like, it's popped. It popped it out. It's, I've heard this one too. He blew out his knee. It's like, oh my gosh, do you, you know what this infers? Okay. Let me, let me, let me digest for you guys what a blown out knee would look like. Um, and I'm not trying to disgust you here, but like, there's like hyper extensions of people that have had knees that have been hyper extended to 90 degrees. Like that would be blown out. We're tearing every single major ligament in the knee. ACL, MCL, uh, PCL, patella tendon. I mean, everything is shredded. That's a blown out knee. <laughs> Next broadcast, let somebody have a small knee injury. You will literally hear somebody say in the broadcast, and Bisping's always good for it. He blew out his knee. It popped out. It's like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and yeah, the commentary, uh, Anthony. I, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that in a moment. I I don't want to be that negative Nancy dude. I don't think I was being negative, Nancy. I, I was very active on Twitter during the event. I was I was posting stuff as it was happening live. I could hear things and see things. And ultimately, the commentating crew on this event, which we'll talk about in a second here towards the end of this, you know, wrap up on UFC 74, there was a lot to be desired. A lot to be desired. Um <laughs> Laura Sanko, yeah. She's nice to look at, I guess, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There was still was some poor moments here. So anyway, let's move on. Karen Silva submission round one dominant look great. Tim Elliott gets the win by decision over Victor Altamirano. I was so high on Tim Elliott, uh, one of my most confident picks. Also betting wise, we were very confident in him. And uh, and by decision, he's crafty, does enough, grappled, wrestled, took down Victor Altamirano. It really wasn't close. You know, there was things about Tim Elliott. You know, the, the divorce, the wife, the, the cheating. You know. These things affect everyone different. Look at Mackenzie Dern. I thought she came in kind of pissed off in her last fight. You know, <laughs> that pissed off helped her. Tim Elliott, same thing. Other people, not so much. Um, who was the guy? Uh, 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 JP Bays, right? JP Bays had the drama with with his ex. Next thing you know, he, he's losing fights out of the UFC. So everyone responds a little bit differently. But for Tim Elliott, over one point five rounds was our prop lock that does hit. It wasn't pretty, but he got it done. Very awkward. Looked healthy and positive after the fight didn't do anything crazy didn't say nothing crazy i'm glad he didn't he's got kids he shot out his kids and stuff like that keep it about that next fight jim miller versus jesse butler who would have known that jim miller is now packing a ton of heat and we, we've heard this 
I I wasn't I wasn't talking about it, but other cappers were saying that this guy's got the the, the fist now. He's knocking people out. You know, he'll till he'll knock somebody down, and lo and behold, it happens. And I wasn't a believer of it. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I thought, well, you know, Jesse's kind of crafty, but no, <laughs> it does happen. And you see, Jim Miller is flashing not something like brand new per se, but he's slashing another feather in the cap here at his older age, finishing people that fast with a knockout like that, where he turns Jesse Butler literally from a mixed martial arts fighter into a mannequin. My man was like leaning against the fence. It was rough. It was rough. Beautiful knockout. And um, hype three, what's up, dude? He says, good to see you on tonight. I remember the beginning of the Midnight MMA series. Yes, dude. And and you know what? Now we are, you know, we're we're chugging into what four or five, six months of this thing. And we've missed maybe one or two weekends in the process. Uh one weekend was planned, one weekend was not planned. We had a thunderstorm, technical difficulties, the whole nine. But we're raging through and we have so much new things that I am happy to be working on that this show will probably be my my outlet. End of the week, I can get a chance to decompress and tell you guys what's going on and talk about the mfc family and we're growing we're growing i mean the show on fridays with monique yip is is a pleasure to do and that show is also growing in content growing and in, in following she's a pleasure to work with and of course we've got new shows starting you know with a few different people a few different characters to bring you guys in the mfc sphere uh some new personalities just some new um new perspectives and myself i'll still be in and around i'm obviously going to be doing some co-hosting with a few shows but uh i'm also trying to bring in some new personalities and give some other people the platform i'll tell you what for young people in the space you know consider us an opportunity to come through you know do a do a small internship do something with us in some way shape or form we're open to it hit us up send us a dm uh instagram whatever else but yeah we do have some some great people joining in now on the team and some new people writing and just a lot of good stuff, man. So this show will probably be my my goose frob end of the week. Midnight MMA, hang out with you guys, smoke a stogie or something, you know, just chill out. So hype three, you're the man. You've been around for a, a minute and we'll talk about the tapology group in a second just as well. I'll give out some shout outs over there to some of the winners. But Jim Miller gets the win. Jesse Butler is probably still trying to figure out what happened. <laughs> um, that was rough. By the way, classy move by Miller post fight uh right away says look jesse butler came in here two days notice he doesn't come in i don't get my full paycheck for you know whatever else this weekend and and he gave the kid a lot of credit that was that was awesome for jesse butler at plus 190 it really was weird i i want to give a shout out to my buddies over at never hedge media kyle miller he tweeted about this he said am i missing something why is jim miller at minus 245 here like he expected him to be like minus 500 when the line opened up against a later person like miller like butler i'm sorry but it didn't so if you if you somehow took miller maybe you parlayed him or you put the minus 245 up to make one unit i mean god bless you because he looked dominant he looked great and that looks like a bargain now hindsight okay co-main event alice caceres daniel pineda oh by the way jim miller versus jesse butler we had no props on our radar because that was a late replacement we just had a winner chosen that was miller alice caceres daniel pineda a fight that will burn in my head for a while um you know uh, what's up fukin mma love these late night shows brother oh man you're welcome you're welcome appreciate you dude thanks for coming through we're just rolling through ufc vegas 74 going over the you know aftermath what's left of it the tattered results of the the lost winning the lost tickets the what ifs the you know what could have been and here we are at a fight where it's all about what could have been because i'm not gonna harp on this i'm just gonna say it one time and one time only I had this fight not going the distance. 
And when my man Caceres <laughs> kicked Pineda in the body, that first good body shot that you see Pineda kind of like and reach for his, his 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 hand, I'm looking at Caceres like, dude, why are you waiting? Why are you doing this Nate Diaz thing that he did against um against Leon? Why are you just not? What's what is going on here? And it just continues and it continues. And I'm at a point right now where I'm like, what is, there's no way we're going to see the scorecards here. No way. And ultimately if they go scorecards, Pineda was exhausted, was, you know, the referee's telling him things like you got to fight back. <laughs> Pineda's telling the referee, nah, homie, I got it back up. The ref's like, yeah, but you haven't thrown no punches in a while. You're like keeling over and I'm telling you to get off the ground and you're slow to get up. And Caceres is doing a thing of where when he sees Pineda compromised, he's like, oh, you need a moment to get ready? Okay, I'll wait for you to get ready. And then another good body shot. He sees Pineda like hurt. He's like, I'll wait. I'll wait for you, man. I got respect for you. you know? I'll wait for you to get ready. Damn you, Caceres. I love Caceres. I'm just joking. But damn it, Caceres. Was he fatigued, maybe? I thought about this. I'm like, I, I watched it back. I'm like, was Caceres tired? Was he was he genuinely like respectful of Pineda to the point like I don't want to really hurt this man? I, I don't know. I do know that I had a ticket that went up in flames that would have paid out some nice money. <laughs> and this was the last leg. It was the fight not going the distance at minus 175. Thought to myself, that is a bargain. Pineda never goes decision. He always wins by finish. Caceres got finishing ability. Maybe we see a sub. That all of it. Here's our props we liked. We liked no distance. Eh, under two and a half. Eh, submission by Caceres. Nope. Submission round two, Caceres. Nope. For Pineda, into the distance. No. And Pineda submission plus 350. The prop lock was the fight not going to decision. And I had to watch this ticket. It was a beautiful ticket. It had like five or six legs where it was the fight outcome of like all the fights. It was it was like by decision for um, Elliot. It was decision for Zaleski. I had a handful of out, fight outcomes, right? So pick like Castaneda, same thing by decision, things like that. And then this was the last leg. It was the one that was the easiest one. No. So shout out to Saba. I was watching online. I was watching at the same time me and Saba, who's over overseas, and he's watching like at four in the morning. And we're talking about the fight before it happens. And I'm telling him, listen, dude, I don't want to jinx it. I just need this fight knock on the distance. He's like, yeah, you got it. You got it. I'm like, I think I got it, right, Saba? And then shittery happens. And the fight goes distance. So, yeah. Oh, you did too. You did too. Yeah, look, man, I, I can't imagine how many people lost money there because, dude, listen, I, I got to let it go. I love you, Alex. I know the fight game requires a lot. We're out here just betting on you guys. You're in there living the real life. So it's coming from all in, in good fun here. But man, I thought he really could have finished the fight. And uh, he just, he left it. He left it out there, right? So, all right. Well, if that doesn't get your 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 blood boiling and maybe you had a ticket on him, co-main event, now we turn our attention to what is become quickly in the internet sphere. One of the the worst decisions uh, based upon public perception, just outright robbery of Kai Kara France here is the overwhelming public sentiment. 
Um, and I'm going to go through this fight with you guys in just a quick overview. Then we'll talk some more details. And I'm going to give you guys some things that I just want you to think about and, and we'll let it marinate. So Amir Albazi wins by a split. He goes 17 and 1 now. France drops to 24 and 11. The fight not going to the cards was something that we thought was possible at minus 115, but that was pick and price. We weren't super confident there. More confident in the fight going over 1.5 rounds. It did. That was a prop lock. Decision win for Francis, plus 175. No. Sub win for Albazi, plus 275. No. Albazi buys decision, plus 375. That does hit. Uh, the fight starting round number three at minus 330 for uh, for whatever. Either way, that does hit. And the fight round two submission win for Albazi does not hit. We did not play the split props. And I got to tell you something. This is a mistake on our part because how many times recently have we seen main events going to split? It's like the more rounds you give these referees, I mean, the judges, the more likely they're going to be split and see things differently. So it just got to be food for thought, guys, moving forward. Unless we have, let's say, whatever, Pavlovsky or whatever that Russian dude is knocking everybody out, one of these heavyweights. Unless we have something like that, we got to play splits here on these five-round fights. I'm going to be doing it moving forward. It was a complete miss on my part. We saw Cheeto Vera versus Sanhagen in a fight that was definitely not a split. Went to a split in the main event. So, you know, these main events just, they have a tendency of, of, of going to splits. And uh, didn't we have Sterling versus Cejudo, right? I mean, was that a split? I don't know. I can't remember. But, yeah, main events, five rounds. It tends to happen here. Um, Terry, Terry Mizzo, what's up? He's in the chat. Terry says here, yo, what's up, Manny? What did you end up doing? What did you end up losing in total? Oh, in total, 1.23 units. And if anything, I didn't lose that. My personal, I, I had a few dollars I made. But I probably made maybe like just under a grand like on the side with some of my other bets. But but in terms of my track bets, I lost 1.234 units around there. So, I mean, it's interesting. If you look at our, our, for example, our sheet here, right? And there's a lot of blue on the left, right? We went on a, we were scorching hot at some point because we went one and four, I'm sorry, one and three in our first three fights and first four fights for predictions. And then from there, every single fight prediction of who would win was correct. Castaneda, Dantel Mays, Santos, uh, Zaleski, Karen Silva, Tim Elliott, Jim Miller, Alex Caceres, and Amir Albazi. We had every single fight prediction right after those early few prelim fights. So we, we caught fire. And so for me, I was placing some bets throughout the card as it was going. And you could imagine your live betting, we caught fire. I was able to hit some six, seven leg parlays that were fantastic. And damn it, Caceres, man, if that had hit with him getting, um, the fight not going to decision that was a two thousand dollar parlay hit there on like a six seven leg parlay and it would have just been such a nice little bit of cream on top but no, no, no. the fight doesn't go the distance goes decision um hi three says here let's take a hit together man about to rip one. Oh yes of course hold on get your uh get your stuff together guys we're gonna do a little 420 moment together a little 420 team um he only lost. Uh, he only lost around one unit at Terry Mendoza Olawa. He just plays a lot of action. I do. I do. I. I tell you what. I have <laughs> a lot of action, and uh, it's it's got its pros and its cons. But also another thing is this, and I. I'm glad you mentioned this, by the way, Anthony. People who subscribe to our newsletter, and you're getting our tip sheet right as part of our newsletter. The newsletter is also designed to um, to to uh, 
satisfy the, the thirst of of different type of betters. Some people like parlays. Some people like prop bets. Some people like uh, individual bets. And some people like some off the wall, like the, the Russian parlay, the Brazilian parlay. You know, we'll have like, for example, we had the, the Tajikistan guys. We had them both together on a parlay. And interestingly enough, the one guy who is the bigger dog, he ends up winning. The other guy who loses. But the point is, there's different little tricks of the game. So let me give you guys a tip sheet. It's got a lot in there. But that's the point. Um, if you're playing every single bet on a tip sheet, God bless you. God bless you. And you'll probably end up with profitability by the time the end of the year is around. But but from event to event, it's really meant more for you to pick and choose where you want to place the bets and how you think those bets may line up for you. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes, hype three. Let me. I got distracted here, right? Um, yeah, the Kai Car France fight, which we're going to talk about, which we're talking about now. Um, let me just oh, look at these two. By the way, it's such a, it's a beautiful little jar that I got recently. Oh, it's just a beautiful little little. Well, it's got a glass top. Let me show you guys here. Hold on. Got the small screen here going. Maybe I should. Yeah, it's like a. I feel like it's foggy now, but it's like a small little glass jar. And it's got like a little rubber top here. Isn't that cool? So nice. But uh, yeah, these are. We have a beautiful dispensary not too far. So I'm able to get the good stuff, right? Okay. Um, as I do this, let me keep talking. Um, so, this fight, uh, Kaikara France and Amir Albazi, it, it finishes in a, in a in a split decision. Uh, it seems like immediately the reaction is like you know, um, that the, the, it was the wrong scorecards. Now, interestingly enough, did you guys notice that the post fight that there was no reaction in the arena, like nobody's booing? I thought to myself, like, there's a, that's a classic example of why that envi- that environment is just not really, ugh, you know, it's I, I got it for the, you know, COVID time and stuff, but a real crowd would have booed. They would have booed hard. They would have been brewing. You know what I mean? That, that's what it would have done. Um, but instead, it was just sort of a, a quiet, like, oh, of course, the corner of uh, Albazi and his immediate people, they were screaming and jumping up and happy. But it's just an awkward situation. So Kai just drops his head at the announcement of the you know, decision. And as he does so, you sort of see the disappointment. Um, by the way, I don't know why my lighting looks. There we go. Maybe a little brighter. Okay. Um, are we ready, boys? Are you ready? Here we go. Cheers. Thank you so much. Hype for getting me all set up. Okay. Ooh. That was a beautiful thing. I feel much better now. I feel relaxed and focused. All right. Okay, so let me pull up some stuff here. We're going to talk about it. Now, I'm, I want to do this the right way because I feel like this conversation is the, it's like talking politics, right? You, you just find yourself in that sticky situation where it's like we have to agree to disagree. And, um, with you know, with all due respect as you're doing it. So when we look at this Kaikara France fight, we have to start, we got to start with one round at a time. This this idea that that one fighter had a lot more strikes, right? Than the other 
I, I understand what that conversation is. This is not one championships, though. This is not being judged in the grand body of work. Okay. I'm going to say some shit's going to be controversial here. I'm, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> if you lost a lot of money on, 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 on Kakar France, you might want to hit the mute, shut me off for a little bit because I'm going to probably at least, at least get a tiny bit under the skin of the people who bet on France unless they're willing to have an open mind. And if you're willing to have an open mind, I think you're going to find some things about this where the perception and reality are not on the same playing field. And I've talked about this many times before. I'm a bit obsessed with it because we all do this. I do it every single week when I do a breakdown video of a fighter that I haven't seen in a while. I have this perception in my head of how they fight and what they've done in the last few fights. And then I look at the film and then I'm like, oh, oh. That's what I had in my head because we're humans and we're silly and we get into things where we put things in our head. We get fixed on these things and then they become distractions. They become channels for us to lose focus on what we're actually looking at. And we've got to go back to some basic things here. Like number one, it's a round by round fight. You're scoring it by round, assuming we're doing this thing right. Okay, now that's a big assumption here because we do know that when it comes to UFC officiating or maybe not UFC, just all officiating when it comes to mixed martial arts, right? It's it's awkward. It's weird. We don't see consistency. We see things that don't make sense. We saw the... Look, nobody thinks that Cheeto Vera won that fight against Sanhagen, and that was a split decision. Just like nobody believed that Macy Barber got all three rounds when she fought Andrea Lee, but yet one judge gave her all three rounds. There was a judge who gave a round to Victor Altamirano, right? In the Elliott fight, right? Is that is that the case? I think it was that fight. And I tweeted right away. I'm like, what round? <laughs> what round did you give him? I'm pulling up my Twitter profile here so we can go over the numbers. And I, and I went chasing the numbers right away. That was my first thing. I'm like, wait a second. What are the, what are the numbers by round, right? By round, by round, by round. And here's what I have for you guys. Let me zoom it in as much as I can so you can see it very well. Okay. Okay. So round number one, France versus Albazi. 14 strikes for France, right? Six for Albazi. That's landed strikes. Now, we can see the obvious. Albazi's landed more than double. Yes, because six times two would be 12. So he's more than doubled him in the striking output. Check. Got it. Can we also agree that 14 total strikes being landed versus six being landed over the course of five minutes to judges that do not get these numbers? They don't get the they're looking at it through a cage like this. Okay. They're 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 looking up and down, they're looking at this fight, they're not getting every single punch because they're not computers, they don't get these numbers. Could a a, a man or a woman see that the striking was about even in this round because it was 14 and it was six. And because maybe let's say here's a way here. Here's how we do this really simply. Now could three or four strikes that Albazi didn't land look like it may have landed to one of those people. And then maybe two or three of the strikes from Kai Car France that landed look to them like they didn't land. And now we have a referee who's thinking the striking numbers are about even because again, I have a problem with this. They don't give the striking numbers to the to the uh, judges. That has always been, a, I always had an issue with it. They don't do it in boxing, and they don't do it in, in, in mixed martial arts. 
It doesn't make any sense, but they literally don't have access. So we just got to look, put yourself in that in that situation for a second. If you're watching that fight, are you so sure that someone there had the edge striking if you don't have these numbers? Okay. Albazi clinch time. I rewatched it, clocked it to the second. He had a minute and one second of time where he had France against the fence, pursuing takedowns, arms around him, arms around the leg, clinch control time, whatever you want to call it. And that was a minute and one second. Never got a takedown. And if you were listening to the broadcast, it was the first fight with Linz versus Grisham. And Mr. Bisping gave by example. He said that it was Linz he thought was winning that fight because he had more clinch control time on the feet against the fence, no takedowns, because it was a fight that was close. Bisbang felt that the first fight in the, on the fight card, that that was the difference. So I'm not pulling this from just out of the air. If that's a factor, and I don't know how much it is, but a minute and one second of clinch control time, you know, one-fifth of the round, it was Albazi holding France against the fence. No takedowns. No major shots, no damage, no big punches, no one leaking, no knockdowns, none of that. But there was one more thing to talk about. And I am going to die on this hill. That's fine. Like it or don't like it, I'm going to I'm gonna say my piece here, and then I'll float it out there, and then the world has to just sort of accept my opinion on this, but I'm willing to agree to disagree. Laura Sanko said it in the broadcast, or she either echoed it and when they were talking about how France was moving backwards and circling and circling and circling, they said that cage control and backing up, for example, and circling away like this is not a factor in scoring. It's not factored into scoring. And I also want to double down and say that I believe the new rules of, of MMA, the, the existing new policy is that that is not a factor. If you're backing up the entire time and you're boxing at range like Kai was kind of doing – and you know you're still giving up ground the person is going forward the fact that they're controlling the cage per se or, or controlling the middle part of the cage that fighter is not earning points for doing that right this was this was they said it in the broadcast right i know it kind of existed within the rules but then hear me out if if the striking numbers are somewhat close which they were in, in terms of again how i analyze analyzed it right and then one guy has a minute of control time and then one guy is backing up. Rewatch that first round. Kai is backing up. Frequently when Albaz is coming forward, Kai would even faint for a second, but then right away back away. It looked to me, just the bare eye, that one guy was backing away from the action and one guy was going forward. So I, I'm just looking at round one and I'm being honest with myself here. I think we can all agree that no one really won that round. Like... I don't think Albazi won that round. <laughs> I'm not saying that he did something amazing. He only landed six punches or kicks or whatever he did. I mean, he had a minute of control time. He did nothing with it. And and he was going forward, but getting hit more. So did he win the fight? Or did he win that round? No, I don't think he won that round. I don't believe I don't believe Kai Car France won that round either. And if you want to be honest, if they can throw out nine nine scores, this would be a round to give it nine nine. And to have the judges split on this round, by the way. Not at all surprised. And this is what people need to get their hands around right now. Like, come to grips, everybody. Come to grips with reality. This fight, numerically, and then visually the optics, is easily a split round. And that's why it's a split round. 
you know, I'm not hanging my head on on Damato, right? Damato was the guy who gave him this round. But for me, and Saba could attest, one of my buddies, Saba, we were talking about this fight as, you know, as the fight was unfolding. After round two, I said to him, I've got 2-0 Albazi. I wasn't joking about it. I also said in that same comment, it's very much could go either way. They've left it in the judges' hands. So the concept that we had two judges giving him, uh, giving round one to France and one giving it to Albazi makes perfect sense. And it could have been either way. And we've got to accept that because there's this is not numbers that would say to me that either guy won this round. Right. So um, that's my first round spiel. Right. Um, let me get here to my second round. Let me speed it up too. So France versus Abazi, round number two notes. France lands 16 strikes. He landed 14 in round one. He lands the same level, right? Two more in round number two. Abazi lands 11 strikes in round number two. I'm giggling because now we have a difference of how many strikes? Five. You see, you won't hear that when people are like, oh, France landed like a thousand strikes and Abazi landed like 10 strikes. Yeah, if you want to add up round four and five and just throw them all in there like it's a, a big you know, basket of, you know, or, I don't know, we're making some kind of new dish here. This is one round. It goes round by round. And, and round number two, there's a five strike difference between the two fighters. Once again, I'll use the example. They're not getting the numbers. The referees, I mean, the, the officials don't see these numbers. They're just people watching the fight. Could one or two of those uh, uh, judges think that, oh, Abazi may have landed 13 strikes and, and France landed 12 and, and oh, it's just even and I don't know and not be sure who won this round? Yeah, Albazi had 16 seconds of clinch time against like the fence where he's trying to get a takedown or something against France. France defends it very well. Zero takedowns, zero damage, zero knockdowns. But you know what was going on again? Yeah, the thing that should not count, the, the MMA judging that's like, oh, it doesn't, they don't factor that anymore. Albazi moving forward and Kai circling. After the end of the first round, Kai and, and Abazi kind of came face to face. It was Kai who seemed to be more like, ah, oh, when I, you know, I'm ready, man, you ready? But then comes out in round number two, and I tweeted it right away. I'm like, why is Kai backing up and circling so much? After he was like, he wanted to fight after round one. He was, but then he's, why are you? I, I thought that was like kind of suspect, honestly. Nonetheless, we can all pretend like backing up. In a fight doesn't affect the judging. We can all say control time of the cage doesn't have any impact in a fight. Well, I say to you, the court, if you will hear my argument, that landing five more strikes in a round, <laughs> 16 to 11, <laughs> while backing up the entire round, I would be very, you know, I would not feel confident about winning those rounds if I were a fighter. I would say, yeah. I'm leaving that round up in the air for interpretation. So I, I will, again, I'll go to my deathbed on this one. I think rounds one and two are completely nine, nine rounds. Those are nine, nine rounds. Nobody won those rounds. Okay. And if you're following my philosophy, then you're going to end up with Kai Kai France, the winner anyway. So I guess what I'm giving you is I'm giving you an argument for why it was scored in a way that actually can make some sense. But I am going to attest to you that if this is scored 9-9, which they would never do, that doesn't exist, right? But if you get these two rounds 9-9, then you would have France winning rounds 4 and 5, and you have him winning the fight. 
Now, of course, we had one judge over here that was on crack. We'll talk about him in a second. But if you're following my philosophy, the real one, like I'm talking like being being honest with you guys, these two rounds were 9-9. Nobody won these two rounds. Let's now get into real life. If nobody won the two rounds and they got to give it 10-9, <laughs> here's again where we're just like, I do want to say one more thing. I didn't put this in my notes and I, I saw it happen. There were a few punches that Albazi landed and I want to, was it round two or three? Maybe it was round two, like a few good ones where he, he sort of wobbled. Not, oh, wobbled is too strong of a word. He got France's attention, caught him off balance a little bit. And if you're talking significant strikes, that's maybe where, and I, again, I, I think all three judges had him winning round number two. So, you know, that's where round number two, I think that's where Albazi gets round two, right? Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not, you know, let me get the scorecards, right? I have to pull those up. Where in the world did I have those scorecards at? Um, yeah, give me a second here. Because I don't want to keep saying the scorecards and saying it incorrectly. But, um, yeah, well, the one judge who scored the fight the fourth round... Now that is, whew, sheesh, right? That is that is robbery. Um, okay, so here we go. Uh, let me go here to this kind of zoom in here. All right, anyway, the second round was scored in favor of Albazi by all three judges. Okay, so here's the thing, right, guys? And this is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying. I mean, I'm trying to explain it to people without them like jumping off the ship here and thinking I'm a nut or I'm a homer or that I, mean, I don't know that I like Iraqis. There's nothing to do with that shit. All three of them gave round number two to Albazi. And I'm telling you that round could have gone to France. It could have like, I'm I, I'm a little surprised of that. If I had a surprise in this card, I have a few of them, but that's a surprise that no one considered giving the second round to France because he did land more punches. And there was like nothing. I mean, control time was at a bare minimum, right? Control time was at what? 16 seconds. So we move forward here. That's round number two. Round number three. Here we go. Round three notes. France lands nine strikes in round number three. Albazi lands three. So look, we've talked about rounds one and two. I kind of beat a dead horse there. I showed you the numbers. France was not far ahead in the striking in each of those individual rounds. Five strikes is not well ahead in a round in striking. <laughs> so, I mean, I would say even just one big big strike by either guy in a fight where there wasn't a bunch of big strikes could be more than all those whatever 10 or so strikes that, that, that France is landing that are not doing much damage. So here we're at the midway point of the fight, past the midway point of the fight, and France now in this round lands nine strikes. And if you remember this round, they were all at the very end. He reverses position gets on top, lands a few good shots, and lands an elbow. He has 44 seconds of control time when he reverses position and lands those nine strikes. But that was after three minutes and 41 seconds of clinch control time by Abazi and a near submission attempt. Now, Abazi landed only three strikes in round number three. I get it. France only landed nine. <laughs> he only landed nine. Six more in a round that we, haven't, we didn't see damage, but we saw a legit attempt at a finish. And here I say again, it's not one championships where we're, we're, we're judging the full body of work in one fight. 
But if it was one championships, they would have given the fight to Abazi because by no question of the imagination, he was the only fighter who got close to a finish in this fight. So if people who want to use the, he had way more strikes, well, take this fight over to one championships and Abazi would have won. Because again, for them, it's the ability to finish or close to a finish that has way more value than winning a bunch of strikes. And I want to say this with all due respect to Kakar France and the people that picked him to win and maybe are salty that he didn't win. Listen to me on this one. All those strikes that he may have landed in round four or five have nothing to do with rounds one, two, and three. You got to separate those two things. They're not the same. They're different. Rounds four and five, there's no question. And I'm going to make a big argument for why that judge, by the way, should be su like su suspended. The guy who scored round number four for Albazi, which in essence cost a fight for France, that is disgusting. No one is going to support that. Not me, not anyone. It was outright robbery. Nothing supports that, not the numbers. That guy... Whoever that guy is, if he, if he hears this right now, I want him to hear this. I, I, you you should not do this anymore because what you did was disrespectful to the fighters and to the fans. You don't deserve hate mail. No one to you know give you any kind of stupid death threats or, or bug you with their gambling losses. But seriously, dude, if you can, find another profession because what you did there was disrespectful. And in essence, you caused Kai Kyra France a fight that many people thought he won. Now, Round three, uh, nine strikes, three strikes, three minutes. I went over round number three. Albazi close submission. Everyone agrees Albazi won round number three. Round number four. Albazi did almost nothing in round number four. He landed only four strikes total compared to 27 for France. This is crazy. Zero takedowns, no significant damage, no knockdowns. The judge who gave this man Albazi round number four which guy was that again? Was that Chris Sale? Chris Lee. Chris Lee. How dare you, dude? How dare you do that, man? I mean, I'm talking like that should have been immediately after the fight's over. He gets pulled in the back, and it's like, dude, explain to us right now on the spot how, look at the numbers here. How would this fight go, this round go to the other guy? explain it to us or, or watch it with him in the back and be like if you can't point out something that makes any kind of fucking sense dude you're done you're done and you're being investigated because why would you give that round to the other guy why would he give that round to Abazi? yeah i rewatched that round too there's no way four strikes compared to 27 zero takedowns no damage no knockdowns i thought it was a terrible effort by Abazi. i thought in that round he lost the fight I'm like, wait a second, this fight's up in the air, dude. He needs to do something. Why is he looking like he's tired? Why is he not pushing the pace as much? Kai at that point was now more in the middle with him. Things were evening out. He was getting some momentum. And one last point, 27 strikes to four with nothing else to happen, that's that's 23 more strikes. That's not double, not triple, not quadruple. Could that be a 10-8 round? Because it was like literally, I mean, four strikes. What if you're one of the, the, the judges who thought, Maybe he landed just one or two strikes because, again, differential, you couldn't see. Another way that maybe France could have got this fight if a judge would have given him a 10-8 here in a round that he clearly dominates. So, Fukaka on Chris Lee. And I would tell him that if I saw him any day of the week. Like, that was unfair what you did. Not cool. You should not be allowed, he should not be allowed to do this anymore. That is not appropriate. Not, that'd be like a judge in court, you know, committing some kind of violation and someone, you know, loses some you know significant money in a, in a lawsuit or something because they're just violating the rules it's like listen dude do your job chris that round easy went to kakar france there's no question about it all right so last round 
round number five. Uh, here's the numbers here. Abazi got doubled up in the striking department, as you can see here. Abazi landed 18 strikes in round number five, compared to, compared to 34 for uh, my man France. He had about a minute of clinch time. That's Abazi in round number five, but didn't do anything with it. And um, and so I thought still, the striking numbers alone there, without anything else going on, minute control time, I thought Kakar France won round number five. And if you look at the judges' scorecards, all of them had France winning round number five. That's one round they were they had consensus on. They also were all had consensus on round number three and number two. So they had two, three, and five they were all the same on. It's that fourth round, dude. That fourth round. It is wild. And uh, will go down as one of the worst scorecards ever when it comes to Chris Lee. And look, if Chris Lee, for example, gives that round to Kakar France, France wins. And and it still it would still make sense. It makes sense to me because I agree with Sal D'Amato's scorecard. I agree that it, it was the first three rounds were, were for... Oh, no. I'm sorry. I agree the first three rounds could have gone to Albazi. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I was sure they did because, no, <laughs> that shit was up in the air. Um, nonetheless... I guess what I want to say to everyone here is that this fight left a lot of room. You know what I mean? It was by no means cut and dry. And one of the biggest fouls, one of the biggest violations that happened during this fight was the commentating. The commentating. And I I, I became a more active mixed martial arts fan and watching and, you know, picking it apart and start gambling and about two years ago or so, right? And I, I've become a little bit. It's, 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 it's tough to listen to. I, I feel like the commentary gets very one-sided. They, they there's a favorites. There's just a whole. I mean, it's a lot going on there because Bisbang and and his description of fights and what what's happening. He had Jinyu Fry winning that fight, by the way. And I was I was all active on Twitter. Like, what is Bisbang smoking? You know, Bisbang was Jinyu Fry this, Jinyu Fry that. And then, you know, he had a 2-0 after, after two rounds. And I'm like, what? He, he missed the entire elbow sequence on the bottom where Elise Reed hits Jinyu Fry in the forehead and creates this really big knot. Damage, buddy, damage, right? You know, so I just, I found his, his commentary, this fight card to be especially like just hard to digest um, and found myself like, questioning like why is he saying this at times does he just simply have a dog in this fight that he's not telling us he wants one guy to win and, and doesn't want the other guy to win because like if he wants one fighter to win when they do something good he'll obviously praise them with the other fighter if he's something good he'll praise still the guy he likes and say oh that's a good takedown defense okay he got taken down but he's fine he'll work his way back up and here's the example for example in the fight with uh with france and uh france and abazi Albazi's first takedown, go back and listen to that broadcast. It's hilarious. He gets Kaikar France partially down, but he's like not secure down yet. And this is after he tried to take down earlier. It didn't count, but it was close, right? So you hear Bisping saying, Oh, it's it's good defense though by Kaikar France. He doesn't have to take down yet. Nope, doesn't have to take down yet. He's like doing this for like almost 30 seconds. No, I don't think he's got this yet. Like he's still, you can see France is, you know, and then he kind of goes quiet. And then he's like, yeah, okay, well, he's got the takedown now. It's like, dude, he had the takedown. Let it go, Bisbing. He's got the takedown, okay? He's got it. And so you could tell Bisbing was clearly pulling for Kagar France. He had no room 
no room, no appetite at all for Albazi. He he skipped over the minute of clinch control time in round number one, but didn't skip over that in the first fight when he had it for Philippe Lenz. Um, did acknowledge the fact that the, the striking numbers were very, very close and it could have gotten either way. Instead, it was Kai Car France, Kai Car France, and that was his full ag agenda. When the issue of him backing up came up, Sanko's like, oh no, backing up doesn't really matter. It's it, they don't use that anymore in judging. I'm like, okay, y'all can say that to the broadcast, and y'all can say that to us too. And that might even be in the rules. But if the fight is close, it was close. Round one and two is close. One guy was backing up. One guy's going forward. What are we talking about here? But they would never say it. Like you couldn't catch Bisbing saying, like, well, hey, one of the things I don't like though is that Albazi is the one pushing the pace, and you got Kai Car France backing up, and ultimately the optics of that, you know, because if the if it was role reversed and Kai Car France was going forward and Albazi was backing up, Bisbang would have been all over it. He would have been like, Kai's the one pushing pace. He's going forward. Albazi's backing up. He's not engaging. He needs to engage. It's not good on the optics, so on and so forth. So because he was so on the side of Amir Albazi, he couldn't call the fight. We get this a lot in the UFC. I think UFC might be some of the of the most you know susceptible commentators to being very homerish. Choose their side. They know these camps. A lot of overlap. You know, we, we caught this guy a few weeks ago. He did it. He's like yelling in the broadcast because, you know, he, one of his buddies got an elbow or something and he's like it's just being defensive. He can't call the fight. Here's a classic example. Bisping does this, man. And so he spent those first two, three rounds, you know, slamming this to the audience like, oh, man, Kai France, Kai France. And then you've got, you know, Sankos there with, him, you know, France, France, France. And ultimately, Albazi could have won those first three rounds. That's how I saw it. And I was looking at it from my office over here in the east coast like but they couldn't say that in the broadcast and they had three of them right not one could say listen man there's a chance here you know you never know anyway fight goes off it's down Bisbang had just said oh you know i, I definitely think france got it and the fight gets announced he's got to now go and interview albazi and i'm like okay <laughs> okay go ahead and interview him now right after the interview albazi he walks out the cage you got this guy Bisping, right? Who just didn't call the fight correctly as it is and told everyone in the audience, like, oh, Kai's got this, no question. Re like deep, deep seeding the belief that everyone knows that Kai Kai France won this fight. Just like going in on it, him and Sanko. He then goes in the post broadcast and says twice, look, I don't mean to take anything away from um, you know, Abazi because he won the fight. Dude, when when you when you say some stuff like that, then you just you stop there. You don't, you don't then continue to say that, but I don't think he won. I just didn't think it was, you know, like, look, leave that alone. Do your job as a commentator and say, look, that was a very hotly contested decision. You're going to probably hear some people out there saying that maybe Albazi shouldn't have won whatever, but I can tell you right now at ringside, it was a close enough fight that it really could have gone either way. Nope, couldn't do it. Instead, it was, look, I don't mean to take anything away from him. Said it twice, him and Laura Sanko, don't mean to take anything post-fight after they're done talking they go to the post-fight they got these three stooges up there on the espn desk they do the same thing i don't mean no disrespect but one guy even said i don't think he's gonna be very good moving forward i don't really see it didn't like the way he was fighting the fourth and fifth round y'all all of you guys were shitting on him and i'm like wait a second are those all of you guys saying that kai kai of france one round one and two I just spent about a good 15, 20 minutes going over round one and two. There's no way that anyone could tell me that Kakaia France surely won round one and two. So if he didn't win round one and two for sure, for sure, for sure, 
what are we talking about here? What are we really talking about? Oh, you didn't like the way he fought in round four and five? The little talking heads on ESPN? You didn't like the way he finished the fight? It's not one championships. Three rounds went to to Kakar France on one scorecard, which was which was D'Amato's scorecard, and that could have been every single scorecard as far as I'm concerned. Tell Kakar France next time, yo, don't get on your bicycle for two full rounds in a five round fight. It could catch up to you know bite you in the ass if it's close. That would be my lesson for him. If I'm coaching him in his camp, I'm like, listen, dude, you, you did a great job round four and five. Round three, amazing job defending the submission. You dropped that round, so what? But round one and two, you just you know, look at it. Show him the tape. Show him the tape. Show him his numbers. He landed, what, how many? Four, four or five more strikes in round two than Albazi. So I don't think perception is lining up with reality. I think I think we're off kilter. I think the commentary did a number on all the fans. They do this shit a lot. They, they get up there and start saying things that are borderline crooked. I mean, when they said that backing up <laughs> and being on the bicycle was like, and they, they try to tell you, like, that's not a factor. Don't do don't, don't think they're going to look at that. Um, let me tell you something. There was a fight once. What? Rose Namunas, right? Rose's last fight, when she fought that fight where neither fighter did nothing. It was shocking. Five rounds of no one did nothing. It came down to like something like who was just going forward because you just you're looking for anything like you just like there's nothing to go off of. So when you watch round one, you watch round two, watch it again, watch it three or four times. You're like, I don't know who won those rounds. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so like you're looking at it on paper, you're like, I don't know. Maybe the guy just going forward, I guess that that never could have been said in the broadcast. They couldn't say it. They couldn't, they couldn't vocalize that concept that even though that may not be in the rule books anymore, that if we have, like, if let's pretend we, we pretend we had a round where no one landed a single punch and nothing else happened, but one guy threw one kick and it missed. He just threw one kick and it missed and nothing else happened the entire round. Who would he get the round to? And you're not supposed to score for throwing a, a punch or a strike that doesn't land, right? So we were at that point in rounds one and two. That's what I'm saying to you guys. We were at the point in rounds one and two where, you know what? It, it, it's it's not going to come down to these arbitrary things like, well, one guy's going forward and one guy's not. That is a very, like, that's a violation, man. That's a foul by the broadcast to just not mention it. And instead, you know what they do? They double down the other way. <laughs> and they tell you, the viewers, that, oh, Kai backing up is, is okay. That's okay. That's not that actually doesn't hurt him uh, on the scorecards. So yeah, that's a violation. They were they were they were they were brainwashing themselves honestly <laughs> into thinking that this fight was clearly with Kakar France when it just really wasn't. It wasn't, and uh, so that's a that's a broadcast thing. I think that combined with the the knee jerk reaction on social media, people ran to social media and they were pissed. And if you had a ticket for Kakar France, justifiable because split so close um you see the scorecard from chris lee you're like what the f dude so you know a lot of stuff a lot of damage all around but before i get to my tip sheet i do want to give a shout out to dave my buddy dave bc dave who runs an amazing tapology group which has a host of big hitters i'm going to also explain to you guys how you can sign up for that group we'll do that with you guys in just a second um in the meantime let me go ahead and share the screen here and show you what i'm seeing so this is BC Dave, BC underscore Dave. He has an awesome tapology group where you go in there, you pick your uh, fighter, you pick uh, the method of victory, like round one, round two, submission, whatever, or just by decision. It's all free to do. 
you do need to have a Tapology account, which is also free to create. So I'm logged in up here, as you can see, logged in as MMA Fight Club. Once I've logged in, um, I want to go down to join groups. I'll, let me, I'll do that in a second. Let me go through the results first for this weekend. So big winner, Knockout123. I'm not familiar who Knockout123 is, one of the newer members of this group, but man, New to the scene, uh, getting it done. Dare I say beginner's luck? No, I'm just joking. Uh, I'm not sure how long Naka has been in the group, but a name that I don't recognize, now I do. He scored 600, 680 points in total. So he had 10 total fights picked correctly. Four of those were decision. He had one one fight picked perfectly, which means he had the, the fighter to win, the outcome, and the round. And then he had two semi-perfect fights predicted. So very well done for knockout. In second place, we've got Carleteria, BM. Another new name here, Carlateria BM with 650 points, only 30 points behind, had nine correct picks, four decisions in there, two perfect and zero semi-perfect. And then look at that. Who do I see there? Is that not the club of the MMA? Yes, we are. MMA Fight Club up in the crib. Listen, anytime we break like the top five, six, seven, eight, ten up in here, it feels good because it's just tough company. we got 640 points right on the heels of Carliteria uh, BM, but uh, not quite really in distance there of knockout 123. We had 10 correct fights picked. We had five of those by decision correctly picked. We had no perfect picks, so we didn't have a fight where we had a round method and the correct fighter to pick and yada, yada, yada. Um, and then we had the semi-perfect pick uh, of one fight. Other notable names here, Blood Money MMA Bets, right there, just about tie with us. Gornaka 84, 630 points, broke bets. Underdogs 519, Maxi Priest and Saba. I just like saying Maxi Priest, but my man Saba underscore MMA with 590 VCR repairman, a household name. You see him always around the top. If he ain't winning, he's right there chasing the heels of the winner. The Anthony with 590, H Rod 590, Player for Life, Kalitas and Fuego, Ice Viking. And then, you know, just some notable names. I always like to shout out Papa Chuck and Johnny K Picks, BC Dave, who runs this mofo. Uh, my man, of course, Ranj. Ronge Capper, Dirty Reg 22. Um, if I'm forgetting you, and may Jesus, how can I forget? Um, if I'm not hearing your name or I'm not reading your name, I'm sorry. It's just because I'm kind of trying to run through this quickly. Real News MMA, a lot of veterans in here, guys that are, I mean, good players. Mathaba, um, CJ, UFC 413. A lot of these guys are cappers. They cap fights. They know what they're talking about. So if you want in on this group and you don't have, you know, in, you know you're not sensitive, you know, to get, you know, get all up in a, your panties up in a wad. I'll show you how to join. So let me go do this. I'm going to go right to Tapology's homepage and I'm logged in, right? Now that I'm logged in on Tapology, I'm going to scroll down here and I'm going to go to join groups. After I've done join groups, I'm going to scroll down. You've got this big screen here. It's going to have some, and again, you have to be logged in, right? With the, with your username, right? Um, so right here, you got one, two, three, four, five pages. You can go here to next. Oh, I meant to go. It's not next. You want to go to page, is it page six? I always get this wrong, but go to page, no, it's page seven. There it is. So page seven on groups, you're looking for group ID number 926. When you see that, go ahead and click join. I can't join because I'm already in that mofo. So I'll click view and then I'll go back again to previous event. And there we go. Um, Saba and VCR repairman. Yeah, dude. Tied. That's crazy. And the Anthony and H Rod. Wow, look at that. It was a one, two, three, a four-way tie for eighth place. Saba, VCR repairman, the Anthony H Rod or Anthony W up in here. Wow. That, that group's great, man. Very competitive.
can't complain, Antoine. Thank you for coming through, dude. We've been on for a little while, kind of finishing up the last discussions here of UFC Vegas 74. Um, yes, it was Esparza. Esparza versus what's-her-name. Like, how do you score that fight? Um, see, thank you. CX, CX, I mean, not to go beat a dead horse here. I've been talking about it for a long time. I just, I don't know how you, I don't know how you get away from that not being a factor. It's got to be a little bit of a factor, you know what I mean, in a, in a close fight. So have fun at work, dude. If you can take us with us, if you can take us with you, do it. We'll stay in the background. Um, yeah, Tapology Group number 926. Send BC Dave a request. You know, he'll check your credentials, make sure you're not, you know, terrorist, nothing like that. You know, and uh, you also have to be a fan of all Canadian fighters because BC Dave is in British Columbia, Canada. I'm just joking. Got about four or five Canadian fighters fighting this weekend on the UFC 289 card. We'll talk about that in a little bit. All right. Um, question from Antoine. He says, how do you feel about the upcoming pay-per-view event next Saturday? Hmm. I will give some thoughts on that. Um, how about I give these few thoughts right now first? Uh, I'll get back to later on. I think with 11 total fights being hosted over in ca Canada, foreign country, you know, it's not like it's in Vegas for the Apex. Um, we lose a fight or two on this card. It could get really ugly. Imagine a pay-per-view event with nine fights. Just saying. And I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, you know, just for no reason or just to, you know, play any negative juju out there. But they only have 11 fights for a pay-per-view event. That in itself seems a little bit like it should be 13 fights at least. Give me 13 fights. It's a pay-per-view event. Come on. So 11 fights. I mean, we lose one or two and we don't have the flexibility of, of getting a fighter over into Canada as quickly because of travel or visas, whatever the case may be. And now we've got nine or 10 fights for a pay-per-view. That would be awful. I don't hope that doesn't happen. But um I like the Canadian fighters on the fight card. Jasmine Jasset Vicious and uh, Mike Malott. Main event. I'll be tuning in. I mean, you got the GOAT, right? Or the GOAT, as they call her. The greatest woman. Um, I think she probably wins the fight. Aldana, as good as she can be. I just think a little outmatched. But we've seen some chinks in the armor with, with Dunez. So maybe she drops the ball here. Who knows? But uh, the Mexicans are very hot right now. Aldana is a Mexican fighter. Maybe she comes in here and gets a surprise. But uh, overall, a pretty good card. What, what my concern is, like I said, a little lean, right? A little lean, uh, top heavy, and then a little bit lean throughout. So, um, Anthony says I'm rooting for Benny big time. Either way, great fight. Yeah. Yes, great point, Antoine. You got the live crowd right, and that's just a big factor. Going from the Apex or smaller arenas, and we've had Apex with the last two events, two of the last three weeks. You get into those live situations where you know the booing and cheering, whatever. Man, it, I mean, I understand the UFC can't do it every weekend, but it's a gem. It's a gem when they can't do it because you know it's just some good stuff. Um, let me put on some different background tunes real quickly here, and then um, okay, let's go over the tip sheet. Let's go to the damage here, and I'll make this fast because we I don't know how I mean, we've been on this UFC 74 topic for a long time, but uh, I do like to be thorough when it comes to the, the aftermath. Um, all right, so tip sheet, and we'll make this fast, is right here in front of you guys. Okay, so um, yeah, good point, Antoine. That's right. They're thirsty for UFC. It hasn't been there in four years. Wow. 
Great point. They're going to be riled up, dude. Okay, so individual money line bets. We had Amir Albazi, minus 110, 1.1 units to win one unit. Zaleski, 0.6 units at minus 110 to win at least read plus 110 odds. We got her kind of early. Um, 1.25 units to win 1.38. Lacerda, yeah, not good there. 0.75 units, we lost that. And then Mohamedan Niamov at plus 330. We had 0.30 units to win 0.99. So for individual, bet, individual bets, not so bad. Plus 3.17 units. We, we look good there. And then from here, oh boy, the wheels start to come off. So our prop bets, a lot of them, Albazi round two sub, Albazi submission, Caceres round two sub, Silva round two sub, Tim Elliott split, Victor Altamirano split. None of those hit. Here's one that does hit though. Zaleski by split at plus 100, plus 1,100, only 0. 0.05 units to win 0. 0.55. Abubakar Nurmagomedov by split plus 700. Maxine Grisham by split, no. Linz by split, no. Jin Yu Fry by split, no. Elise Reed by split, no. Andre Olavsky by split, no. Dante Mays by split, no. Santos versus, Juniors, versus Munoz fight ends by submission plus 275. We had 0.4 units there. It doesn't hit. Luan Lacerda by round two submission. A lot of failure there. Negative 1.72 units on our prop bets for parlays. Zaleski versus Bubakar over 1.5 rounds. Added to Silva versus Souza starts round number two. And probably ends right there. Okay, next one. Gafarov plus Mays. Uh, Gafarov loses. Uh, Mays does win. Then we had Santos plus Lacerda. And uh, Santos won. Lacerda did not. Malarkey, Elliott, Reed versus Frey over two and a half rounds. That parlay gave us plus 168 odds. Unfortunately, Malarkey minus 410 did not get it done. Santos versus Munoz, fight does not go the distance, minus 250. Caceres versus Pineda, fight does go the distance, minus 175. And both those fights went the full distance. How about them apples? <laughs> Negative 3.3 units for our parlay. So, yeah, now we got way off track. Here's one little highlight point for us. Our parlay pieces, and why is that not a check that should be? All four of our parlay pieces, they hit. And what that means simply is that we give those as our locks for the week, right? These are those spots we like a lot. Put them with different parlays, basketball, baseball, whatever. And so Elise Reed to win at minus 130. Got it done. Barely. Uh, Zaleski versus Wupakar over 1.5 rounds. That uh, that get, gets done. Elliott to win at minus 180. That happens. Grisham versus Linz. The fight starts round number two at minus 500. So if you took those four, four little legs there, Reed, Zaleski, and Bubakar, Elliot, and the Grisham fight, they give you plus 313 odds, a 0.35 unit bet to win 1.1. I'm not really sure why I didn't unload on that. I usually always put a unit or so on that. So I'm not really sure what my hesitancy was, but I was hesitant. And nonetheless, I paid the price. Could have had more. Uh, Team Brazil, that was Silva, Zaleski, Santos, Lacerda, Linz. Uh, no, doesn't work out here. Lacerda loses, and I had him in every little bit of these legs here. So Team Brazil up in flames. The Soviets, Arlovsky, Grisham, Namov, Gafarov, uh, Nurmagomedov. Yeah, a lot of failure there. So the Soviets did not do very well, right? Because Nurmagomedov lost, Arlovsky lost, Grisham lost, um, Gafarov lost. The only one who won there was Namov, the one who had the biggest odds. How about them apples? <laughs> the Tajik brothers, Tajikstan brothers, Gafarov plus 100, Namov plus 330. Would have given you plus 760 odds. And again, Gafarov's the one who ends up dropping the ball, whereas Namov at plus 330, he's the one who hits. All right, underdogs parlay. Pineda plus 55, Altamirano, Souza, Namov, Munoz, Blackshear. Um, Blackshear does win. Um, 
and name off wins. Everything else there, no bueno. So, I mean, light numbers there, right? 0.5 units, 0.1 units. You know, it's, it's big, big odds. Just having some fun. So for specials, negative 0.07 units. Not much of anything there. Final result, negative 1.32. And there you go. That's the final tally in totals for UFC Vegas 74. I would have rather finished positive. But, you know, sometimes when you finish negative, at least if it's not too bad, you kind of live to fight another day. And so we have done so with this. But uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Should have made a few more adjustments. Should have laid into a few bets a little bit harder that I, I was pretty confident in and unfortunately didn't have the uh, the confidence to do so. Um, what you're seeing here is part of our newsletter, by the way. To subscribe to a newsletter, the link is down below. There's a free version and a paid version. Um, so check it out when you have some time. All right, so... We finish off with one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, how many fights were there? 13, right? So we had 10 correctly pick, three incorrectly pick, and uh, and just missed some profitability. Had some fun on the process. If you tailed us and you made some money, you probably picked the right bets to tail us on, right? <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it happens, right? You, you play those overs and distance. And you parlay them and stuff. I, I do know the risk that's at hand, and uh, I acknowledge such risk, right? Okay, let's move on here. So, Cage Wars one five five that also did happen this past weekend. Um, there was some late betting action on this that was available through um, through DraftKings, um, and so I, I try to get a little piece of it, uh, dip and dabble just just a little bit, but nothing that was uh, significant. One thing on this fight card that I did want to mention was. A lot of the fighters that I had a little inkling that they might win because of, you know, their roots or the dynamic or like, for example, who's this one guy here? Uh, it was a Spanish guy that just it was so obvious. Oh, yeah. Anthony Orozco. He was zero and zero fighting a guy that was two and one. Right. And so you're like, oh, man, zero and zero. You look at Anthony Orozco, though, his his amateur record fired. Very impressive. And you can see right off the bat. You're going to be this American fighter, Jeremy Fatoroso, who's like average okay. And what happens here, Orozco knocks him out in round number one. So we had some of that, like Stringer as well. He was also 0-0, fighting a guy that was 0-3. So it was like, you know, you could see there was there was a reason to benefit from leaning that way. Or like the English fighters, like Fran Bean. He was also 0-0. He got the win over Enrique Montalvo, American fighter. Cage Wars is like an English-based promotion. So even though this event was going on in San Diego with American fighters, you know that they're looking to favor some of those other guys, right? The first fight, Johnny Gill, he lost to a foreign fighter, John Saragal. Um, and I'm sorry, Johnny Gill won. Johnny Gill won. He beat uh, Saragal. I didn't have a pick on that fight, I don't believe. Um, the Lewis versus Elijah Harris fight, no pick there. That fight ends in round number three with a knockout with Lewis winning. And he improves to three and four. Elijah Harris falls to four and three. That, that fight was ugly. James Settle, the American winning uh, knockout round number two over Franz Sorman. I don't know who I picked in that fight. I probably didn't have a pick at all. Uh, next fight, uh, Jovedin Kojiev versus Suni Imotep. I definitely had a play on Kojiev. I thought he was going to win this fight, and he loses. Um, the American Suni Imotep wins the fight and proves to 4-1. and one. Next fight, David Lopez. He beats Connor Wilson, a fight that I had Connor Wilson to pick. I ain't going to lie. Uh, next fight, Damon Wilson versus John DeJesus. Lost some money here. I had Damon Wilson to win. He loses by decision. Good bounce back fight for John DeJesus, though. Uh, Moses Diaz, co-main event, uh, loses by decision to Roberto Hernandez. Did I think I actually had Moses to win? <laughs> I did, I did. So, kind of fell off the rails there towards the end. But then main event, we did have we did have uh, Kyle Driscoll to win. 
He knocks out James Lynch in round number one. It's not even close. And quite frankly, that line was looking good. Now, hindsight's 20-20 on that one, but um, we didn't do a lot of research here. We just kind of did a brief overview. But those that's the results of Cage Warriors 155 took place in the beautiful, beautiful confines of San Diego, California. On the waterfront, by the way, it's a hell of a venue. You can see the, the, the sun coming down and you get like, you know, waterfront vibes and the breeze. It's just beautiful. The pier, the boats, the whole niner. Um, so that was Cage Warriors. <laughs> KSW. Oh my gosh. If you guys did not hear, there was a fighting case in KSW and I'm trying to look it up right now so I can pull it up for you guys. So th- the name is going to elude me because a lot of these names are Polish names and they just don't, you know, always ring a they don't just go off the top. Put it that way. Let me see if I find this guy. Um, I think it was early in the fight card. Maybe it was that guy. I think it was the Christoph Glowacki. Yes. Christoph Glowacki. <laughs> Christoph? Christoph Glowacki. Polish fighter. This mother effer off his back. I'll pull it up for you. Hold on. Off his back, mind you. Knockout so difficult for myself when I should just be looking like on oh no he's not gonna back I'm from back KSW this is a this is a, listen this is a, a highlight <laughs> that I can't find it why can't I find it um it's KSW 83 right let me double check. Check my notes here. Hold on. Um, I'm gonna just have to search this maybe on uh on a different social media platform. Maybe I'll do this on uh, on Twitter or something. Why is my Google not helping me? Help me Google. Help me Google. Um, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, uh, I'm trying to find it for you. But all I can tell you is that oh yeah, here it is. I think is this video of it or videos. I wonder if they like they took the video away or something. Oh, here it is. Here it is. All right, let me share this screen here. Let me share this tab instead. Open this up. This you don't see this very often. It, it has happened before, but this is a rare situation here. Wow. So again, he is in top position here. That's um, Tol Tolkalzowski, the T O L name. And he's in dominant position. And Glowaki is going to throw a left hook, hit him on the chin, knock him out, and put the fans in a frenzy. They had an amazing audience there at KSW this weekend. Here we go. I see it one more time. Unbelievable. Yo. Wow. You just don't see that very often. Got the referee there. What's his name? That's a cool referee. He's a he's a good dude. Oh man, so KSW 
83 fire card. We, we had no picks in this. All Polish fighters, foreign fighters, not all Polish, but a lot of foreign fighters, Czech fighters, people from all around the world, not American, not a single American was on the fight card, but it was off the chain. Uh, a lot of good fights. I mean, they always put on good fights, good fighters. We've got guys who are in the UFC that have you know fought over there as well. So uh, main card was Mamedev, Mamed, Mamed Kalidov winning over Scott Oskam. Interesting that Mamed Kalidov, right? This is funny because he's he's obviously got a name that sounds like he's from the Middle East, and he looks like that, but he's he's from, he's from Poland. That's <laughs> <His> nationality. <laughs> so they even got their own Khabibs over there um, in, under the Polish banner and the Polish roster. But uh, nonetheless, um, a good fight card, good event. Didn't catch any of it live. I just was getting highlights, seeing it. It's one thing that I really wish I could do is, is cover more KSW. I genuinely appreciate KSW. I, I like their uh, like their content a lot, and I just oh my gosh, man! And I think they're even their octagon girls. You know, they got a different look to them because they're foreign, they're blonde, and just you know, just you know, just good diff- mixing it up. Put it that way. I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, nonetheless, that was KSW. What else did we have this weekend? Real quickly, um, oh, U- UFE one point one tournament i was on the broadcast today that was a lot of fun uh just to give a shout out to the, to the winner of the tournament his name is cloud right so cloud won the main event today in the ufe 1.1k tournament um that was over on twitch we had it broadcasting on our channel earlier as well the winner got a thousand dollars cold hard cash that went to cloud it was a two-week tournament you had to go through a few different rounds today he had to win a few matches did a great job in the main event got a finish and um yeah, got two finishes. So you got to get best of threes the way they do it. But anyway, he's the winner. Congrats to Cloud. The runner-up, Blake Tyler. Man, great job, dude. I I had you picked to win even going back to the semifinals, whatever. You did a wonderful job. You faced a hell of a fighter in Cloud. The fight was still close. It went back and forth. I thought you were going to get that second fight. But nonetheless, uh, Blake Tyler, the runner-up, very well done. Tune into UFE. Check them out. Look them up on Twitch. Look them up on, uh, on um, Twitch is the best way. Find them on Twitch. I'll have to put the link in my description here down below. But if you just look at the broadcast from earlier today um, that I was also mirroring, I guess, um, I was on it. And you can see some information there about where you can find them. And we'll be working with them a little bit more. A matter of fact, we're going to be doing some co-promoting with UFE for some of the upcoming MFC events, and which means we're going to add more money to the pot. That's exciting. We're going to have some fighters from you know their promotion, our promotion, mix things up and make things uh, you know competitive. So, yeah, shout out to the boys at UFE. Shoot, uh, Nico Price. Oh my gosh, this is a really funny thing. But since we're on the topic, Nico Price is is one of the founders of UFE, right? And this UFE gaming division basically is a, a subsector of this company. And Nico came on today for about a good 30, 40 minutes on the broadcast and talked with us, did an introduction of some things. And he's an awesome, dude. Very cool, very laid back. Talked about his life a little bit, you know, some background stuff and his enthusiasm for this, this promotion, what we're doing. And so at one point, I I told him that I was Anthony Smith and I did my whole Anthony Smith bit. If you don't know, maybe look it up, go look at an interview of Anthony Smith or maybe him on a podcast. And um, you'll notice there's a hell of a similarity between my voice and his voice. And I don't know where it comes from. Don't know why. Even the inflection sometimes it's weird. Like the pause between words or it's weird. I never met him before. Seems like a nice guy, but I did my whole Anthony Smith bit and I told Nico, I said, yeah, What's up, man? It's, you know, Anthony Smith. How are you, dude? Um, you know, it's good to see you. You'll be fighting soon. What do you think of my last fight? And so he thought I was Anthony Smith for a bit. He he went along with the with the whole little song and dance. And then eventually I told him, look, I'm not really Anthony Smith, dude. 
I'm not really into it. I'm just playing with you. And then he kind of said to me that he figured it out at some point because of a question he asked me. But nonetheless, it was a funny little bit. We had some good times with it. Um, and for Nico, awesome dude. Super duper cool dude. And look forward to having him you know, on those shows again in the future, helping them to do some broadcasting. Um, but that was a cool part of the event today, having him there for like 30, 40 minutes and you know, just talking about shit. I mean, this guy's got stories to tell. Uh, matter of fact, I told him I want to do an interview with him, so maybe I can, you know, s- grab him at some point. You got a fight coming up in a few weeks. All right, so um, a quick promo, quick promo. Um, since I'm on the subject of talking about other things that we're doing, um, our newsletter links down below. Check it out. Free version, paid version, and uh, if you can't afford the paid version, which is five bucks a month, no problem. Sign up for our free version. We still have some good content for you. The paid subscribers get our full tip sheet and a little bit more of the content. I do want to shout out though. Uh, a new writer to the scene here okay we're going to be having Haley. um Haley will be writing some content she wrote something here this weekend which is more like an off the cuff like storyline of watching the fight live not meant to be perfect punctuation or any grammar just jotting down notes but on a serious note Haley is a is a writer herself and so she'll be doing some writing here for our newsletter it's all going to be available to everyone and free for the first what three or four weeks or so before we find out exactly how this whole thing's going to be working with Haley. She's doing a lot of content with us. She'll be doing a podcast and also be doing this this writing. But uh, you notice Haley's corner. There'll be some stuff coming out at least once a week. Um, that she'll be writing. So this is her write up on the Albizi versus Kai Car France fight. And then here you see at the bottom is an image for the Butterfly Guard. Right, the new show she'll be doing on uh, on Wednesday. So that's Wednesday evenings at 10 p.m. Eastern time. You'll have Haley, all to yourself. Uh, I will be in attendance uh, merely to just control the, the 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 video production back end, make sure that's all smooth, and maybe just to ask a few questions every now and then. I'm going to be playing a background role here, but Butterfly Guard with Haley that starts up on June 14th this month, 10 p.m. Eastern, as you can see here, to 11 p.m. Eastern. Um, Haley with a a very unique take and sort of just a unique vibe uh, overall on. I mix martial arts and I got to tell you, I really enjoy the, the female perspective, right? You know, it's different when you're, you know, you're a guy you're in the game, always talking to guys about mixed martial arts and we have our own little, you know, ideas of what we think and this, whatever else. I, I do like the female perspective. Uh, she's a mom, she's married, you know, she's just moving in brand new house and stuff. They're making some big moves, happy for them, but uh, we'll have her in and around some of the shows um and she'll be hosting her new show on wednesday so super excited about that and again subscribe to the newsletter you can read some of her content it's pretty damn cool and also see some of our other stuff and it's a way for you to support our content what we're doing here by the way now's a good time to remind you like and subscribe all right good time to do that all right um let me get back on track here uh we covered all the stuff that happened this past week that was at least ufc or mma related for events uh dave's tapology group we talked about that uh by the way if you're not catching this live because maybe you're sleeping in the middle of the night it's 1 45 in the morning that's okay you can catch us via podcast wherever you get your podcast look up ma fight club you're going to find our black and yellow logo and go ahead there and subscribe to that podcast and go ahead and give us a nice five-star rating while you're at it but seriously i'd say just about mm, 70 percent, maybe 75 percent of the content that we do here ends up on the podcast the content that won't end up on there will be like those late night study sessions that go on for like three or four hours or just any really long ass stream but this show for example is always available via podcast you're waking up tomorrow morning on the way to work whatever you want to get some morning mixed martial arts with your coffee get a little bit of a last last take on ufc vegas 74 the warm-up for the afternoon shows 
uh, we got you in the morning. You know, pull us up. This will be literally on our podcast and available somewhere around two, three o'clock in the morning. So at that point, you wake up, you pull it up. You got the MMA midnight MMA show from that prior night every single week right there for you to listen to. So catch us via podcast. And again, that's most of our shows, all of our fight breakdowns. Uh, for example, of course, Haley's show on Wednesdays. Um, the show I have on Fridays with Monique Yip has not been up there on the podcast, but now starting this week, it will be. Uh, on a delay, though, it ends up coming up about you know hour or two after we're done doing our show. Okay. Um, I need to talk about this. Dana White. My man Dana, Uncle Dana, he is he is a, a crafty, wily old man here. He just says things, and he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it." <laughs> I might be contradicting myself from last week, but eh, who cares? When he brings up this weekend in the press conference about the concept of having John Jones fighting against Tyson Fury, like immediately. Wasn't everyone's the first thought like, oh, no, Dana, Dana, don't be, don't be such a petty little man, Dana. Dana, leave that Francis man alone. Leave Ninganu alone. Everybody hit him for that. You know, I mean, I don't think there's anybody who knows Dana because Dana can be defensive. Look, you got to be somewhat defensive to be successful. You can't let people roll through you. Dana is a person who's going to defend his ground, do what he thinks is going to be right, and it's worked for him all his life. Okay. But when you heard him even utter the idea of having a boxing match, or no, I'm sorry, uh, a fight, cage fight, MMA fight with Tyson Fury and John Jones, like everything comes flashing through your eyes. You're like, didn't he just say no gimmicky stuff like a week ago? That's not what he does. Like, oh, man, you, like, you couldn't script this shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if you're in the spotlight, you're going to say things. You're going to be contradicting yourself sometimes. But it's. It's is as is it not just me, or is Dana doing more more often? <laughs> like the old grandfather who's like, I don't care, I can just say whatever I want. You got to deal with it. I think he's kind of getting into that sphere of like, I could just say it. It's okay if it's not like politically correct. I could say that if you smack a woman, you never come back from that, and then I could go smack my wife, and I can come back from it, and I, I can just do whatever I pretty much want to do up in this mother, and uh, it's gonna be my way. That's it. So. He tells us this idea of this match. And I look, the first thing I thought to myself was, this has got to be Francis. It's Francis. Francis is living in Dana's head rent free. Dude, living in his head. And um, yeah, it's it's curious. He got asked about Connor. That's a tough one. I, I believe that Dana wants Connor to fight. There's no question about that. And I think that Dana was spot on and very, very honest when he said, listen, the guy's got a lot of money. Okay, a lot of money. It's tough for us to, you know, basically tell him, look, hey man, come fight. Like for what? Uh, I thought that in saying that, we found out that possibly the fight with him and Chandler is just wolf tickets. You know what I mean? Never gonna happen. Never gonna actually come to fruition. Uh, I think there's a very high likelihood that we don't see Connor ever again in a cage fight, and that maybe he does a few celebrity boxing matches. You know what I mean? Like that's the safest route, right? Don't get kicked in the ankles or legs. You know what I mean? No, no, no more of this submitting me. Use his nice speed, his hands. Have a few crazy celebrity matches. I mean, fight one of those, whatever, those those Paul brothers. I mean, do something like that, you know? Tons of money in it and won't get his legs broken up. Um, if Dana's saying this out loud, I, I got to believe Dana here that I think that it's just at a point. He, he mentioned it could be. He said, look, he said it's like Khabib. 
and interesting those guys fought each other right two two mega stars in the ufc over the last decade that now are not fighting anymore um which also didn't dana say we don't do that we don't have fighters that are not fighting anymore <laughs> or i mean not fighting often that he wants them fighting like you know whatever uh, dude just says whatever he wants i'm not even mad at it uh i'm not a i'm not a dana hater I'm not a Dana sympathizer either. I do think smacking women is not a good idea. I, I do think people have to be held accountable for those things. But shit, who am I? Dana has, you know, built the show. He runs the show. And, uh, you know, he sort of makes the rules here, right? But uh, in this move to talk about this fight, I just want to put a period here. I thought Dana was, was you know, you don't have to do this, Dana. You, you got bigger fish to fry. You know what I'm saying? Um, hype, I mean, IC Prime says any, uh, yeah. Hey, any update on when the card will happen? Oh, MFC number two. Yeah, June 30th. That's the target date right now. Um, I'm going to be, this week's going to be a busy week, but I have to get out some content about it and get out some information. What I can tell you is, well, how about this? Let's talk about this for a second. If you guys are here from our Twitch, let me see what our Twitch feed looks like right now because it shows up separately for me. But let me double check here. I'm going to give you guys some updates on MFC number two. And I want to do the best I can not to tell you something that's going to end up being different uh, later later on, right? I want to give you guys information that's going to be accurate and that you can hold us accountable to. All right. So let me do this. Let me get out of all this here. Let me close out some of these windows that I don't need. And... Um, you're done with that, right? Let's just let me close this out. Stop screen. Okay. So why is why is my lighting so dark? It should not be dark like this. This is, a, this is like a maybe with the cold warm. That looks weird. It's like a different kind of this is a new camera I got. I'm not happy with this. It's having a hard time with the lighting. I'm not really sure why. Um and I have good lighting here. But anyway, so let's talk here about the uh, MFC number two card. Um, give you guys some updates. So Anthony writes in here, the UFE boys seem pretty solid. Seems like a good crew to work with you built. Yeah. So, yeah. Listen, <laughs> let me tell you something. I, I'm I'm all about building relationships. I also want to build ones that are like very productive and, and positive and can benefit the community that I'm working with and the people that follow the channel and giving content to the community that maybe would be different from our usual content. So all that stuff is good. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the works. We're going to be talking about some more stuff in the coming days, in the coming weeks. Uh, me doing some broadcasting for them, for their events, definitely down to do that. It is a good three hours. It's a long time, um, but it is a lot of fun. Get a chance to obviously promote and plug some of the stuff we're doing here. So from that standpoint, I'm in. Um, now, how will we be working together? How, let me show you some details that I'm, some details. I can't give you guys all the details. I'll tell you this next event we're doing June 30th MFC number two is going to be a co-branded event. Um, now how co-branded it'll be. We're going to work on this. Okay. Um, it could be a fully co-branded event where it's like MFC and UFE combined for a card. Um, it could be uh, just MFC number two um, with UFE fighters. Um, I could tell you there's going to be some UFE fighters that are going to be in the next MFC card. Uh, that's for sure. So we've got a little bit of a deal in place where we're going to take some of their fighters and they'll be up against some of our fighters from MFC, basically, um, which will be cool. So you know, the guys who won last time in MFC, you know, the guys who maybe did better, uh, this could be an opportunity for them to square off against some other very good competition. Uh, prize money is still very much being discussed. Um, you know, 
some of the some of the, the the ballpark figures we're throwing around is like you know maybe 150 for for the winner um just that's just the cash outright for the winner and then second place gets a certain amount because this might be a, a tournament style card though i'm not fully sure of that just yet either because again we have a few weeks to plan i want it to be good the broadcast really needs to be um on point that for me is going to be clutch this time around so a lot of tightening up to do there pre-fight show we've already talked to some fighters that are planning to come through and and be there as uh attending fighters to actually come through do an interview in the pre-fight show and just make the broadcast a, a little better um i'm going to do the best i can to have the commentary team covered so i don't have to do any broadcasting myself and allow myself to just focus more on the production of the broadcast and making sure things go well uh had a question about discord i, I am a discord uh disabled okay i don't know how to use discord other than just the basics i'm learning every day a little bit um question was like will i be doing this through discord next time no i i, I don't think we'll be ready to do it that way it will be streaming though on our twitch feed and it will be streaming on our youtube channel and you'll see it in both spots and there you'll see all the fights you hear the commentary the whole nine um but i imagine everyone's got youtube it's free right and twitch is free as well so the discord aspect not really sure about that we, we just created a discord <laughs> and again i don't use it very much um but to see mfc number two um which would be june 30th friday evening like evening nine o'clock or so um you're gonna want to go ahead and just make sure you subscribe to this channel right here and also subscribe to our twitch feed and you'll be able to get the content that way um but yeah, so those are some details for you guys. It's going to be a few fighters from their fight, their fight promotion, a few from ours. There'll be some co-branding. Again, how much co-branding we're going to do, it just depends. Um, in the future, I could tell you that we're also going to be working on doing something where some of our fighters will basically graduate, in essence, from our fight promotion to an opportunity to fight in some of the other bigger promotions, uh, not just UFE, but other ones. And UFE is going to be helping us with that. So basically giving a chance to some of our better fighters to move on up in the ranks, like go up to some bigger promotions, you know, compete for bigger dollars, things like that. Uh, on that note, UFE is going to be having a, a camp wars tournament. That's crazy, dude. So camps against each other, like a fight camp. So like, a, like for example, my buddy, uh, uh, swaggy dr p i'm sorry swaggy dr kush i mean swaggy dr kush he's got a camp a whole group of guys who are gamers underneath his his banner and that camp will fight against other camps the winner of that tournament is like five thousand dollars and so it's some good prize money there's money out there we're obviously working on raising more prize money and you know getting some sponsorship to give you guys more money in the pot um our last card our first card ever mfc one we paid out 1275 bucks in winnings everyone got paid within within days but at that really two three days at the most because of just international stuff most people were paid within within hours of the event so um that's the goal there we'll be working more with them helping them promote some of those events now how often will we be doing cards super tough question i don't know uh the more i'm learning about the space the more i feel like i do want to do the cards still um so no no hesitation there i just don't want to do them too frequently because again like we have a capacity here with the new shows we're getting on board I couldn't imagine us right now doing more than one of these a month, maybe once every other month in the near future, because it's just, again, capacity, overhead, what it takes. The, it's a lot. Um, and then, of course, even the money. You know, we're paying out good money for these, these fighters to come here and, and fight and perform. So all those things combined make it a, a, an intense experience. Um, if we were to add someone to our team that became, uh, you know, I guess the head of this division, 
the 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 E division of MFs MA fight MA fight club, then that person probably would be able to take some of this off my hands. But until that happens, I'm gonna manage this growth of our of our company. And quite frankly, it requires a uh, full time effort uh, when it comes to like the events and what we're doing. And it's yeah, I, I had to imagine I put at least at least almost 25, 30 hours a week the last let's say two weeks leading up to the actual event and then of course the day of the event you're working the event so it's quite a bit of stuff a lot of back a lot of back you know back talking back channels and getting things ready but yeah mfc2 june 30th that's when you can look out for that and uh those who are here in the uh in the chat like ic prime um he says here is there a way to make sure i get on like locking a spot i really want to be on this next one ic prime I, I would be lying if I told you no. Um, I do need to look at a few things because here's one thing that I, I was concerned about. I mentioned to some of the people that fought on MFC1 that, you know what, hey, uh, most of you we brought back for MFC2. And I would feel badly if we didn't make room for them on the second card. So that's in the back of my mind. Secondly, I really don't want to deny people who do want to get on the card. Um, the issue becomes even financially, right? Like we, we were paying every single fighter to come fight, even if they were just showing up, right? Not even to win. So that might not be available then if we say, listen, we're going to open this fight card up to, let's say, these other seven or eight people that are all new, and uh, but you guys are fighting, and only the winner gets paid money. So we might have to figure out something like that just to afford the entire bulk of what we're paying for here and all the fighter pay. But nonetheless, I see if you just you know make sure you, you DM me on, on Instagram. That's m-m-a-f-i-t-e-c-l-u-b that's m-a fight club but spelled fight the wrong way m-m-a-f-i-t-e club uh that's the handle on instagram uh hit me up with a dm just make sure you keep bugging me we haven't sent out any invitations yet for the new fighters for this next event so you're not missing anything but i imagine the next few weeks will be or next few days i'm sorry we'll be tightening up on some things getting out some graphics um and so on and so forth but um me and shoot we got to work out a few details uh, he's the guy who runs the UFE, uh, the e-sports e or e-gaming division. So him and I just got some work to do on that. We did talk today after the after the show was over. That was the conversation. Kind of just like I said, wrapped our head around some ideas. And we're going to keep working on those throughout the week. But excited for it. Uh, super duper shout out to Swaggy Dr. Kush, who I think made that connection. I believe he's the one who introduced me to what the UFE is and to the first guys that are there. Um, I would have had a chance to talk to Nico Price today if I wasn't involved with those guys. That was a lot of fun. And so, uh, yeah, big thanks to the guys at UFE and looking forward to doing more work with them under their banner, our banner. Um, but we're not going to lose our logo. We're not going nowhere. MA Fight Club is, we're not merging. Okay. No mergers here, but we do want to do some co branding, do some co work. Um, but um, all the stuff that we still do will still be on point. Um, we need more views, though. Gosh, our breakdown videos get like no views. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what are we doing wrong there? But uh, for some reason, our breakdown videos just don't get much love. Um, we could definitely use more viewership there, but we'll keep pumping away. You know, last fight card, we got 10 of the 13 correct. I thought some of our breakdowns were, were pretty in-depth and, and accurate. Uh, but yeah, we need, need some more coverage there. Maybe get the, the videos out a little bit sooner in the week. That could help us. Um, but for USC 289, we've got 11 fights in the card. Let me take a quick glance at that for you guys, because you know what? That is coming up. UFC 289 in Vancouver. All right, so main event. I'm going to give you my picks right now, just random picks off the bat. No research yet. Give me Nunez in the main event, round two, round three finish. Uh, Benil Dariush, knockout over Oliveira, round two. Uh, Mike Mallett gets the win over Adam Fugit. Uh, I can see Mike Mallett finishing him. This guy's a really good fighter now. 
Uh, Dan Ige, hmm. Ige versus Landwehr. Uh, do you really want to get involved here, man? Oof, Nate Landwehr is not the guy to bet against, but Ige is the favorite. Um, I just feel like Nate Landwehr is a mutant. Give me Nate Landwehr. I know Ige's favorite. I know he's a better fighter probably, but Nate Landwehr is a full-on mutant. Don't bet against him. Eric Anders versus Mark andre Baryu. A lot of reasons to fade Baryu, but he is Canadian, and Eric Anders, man, I just doesn't put the pressure on sometimes right leaves you kind of like let me pull up the um the share of the screen here so you can see what i'm seeing guys uh, just i feel like he's a guy who pace and pressure very much lacking and ends up getting in trouble with that close decisions and just so give me uh mark andre Baryu. though eric anders could definitely knock his ass out nasruddin imovov versus chris curtis wow recency bias is all over my head here i'm gonna go with imovov and um I like Imovov just separate from Curtis. But Chris Curtis, like there's something going on there. Like a little bit off kilter right now because, yeah, I know you guys remember, he like went up on Twitter and pretty much tried to argue with everybody about what happened to him in that fight where he got headbutted and whatever. I mean, just. And then last fight with Kelvin Gaslam, whatever. I was right, Kelvin Gaslam? Is that he fought last time? Let me see Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis fights a lot, by the way. This guy's like so active. 40 total fights already, too, in his career. So he fought Kelvin Gaslam, right? He won that, he lost that fight back in April. And he's lost two of his last three. But the, it was the Kelvin Gaslam fight. He got headbutted, I guess, or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. I look, man. I got it. You know, you're you're proud. You don't want to have people, you know, second guessing, you know, your your manhood and stuff or why you didn't put it on or why whatever. He went to Twitter and just spent days on that motherfucker. Oof. I mean, he was hot and fighting with people. And then when he had an interview, I believe, on the MMA hour with um, Helwani, he just sort of like doubled down. Like, nah, I don't mind. It It helps me get it off my head. And I'll, I'll, I'll go out there. I'll, I'll mix it up with anybody. I'll love it. I'm just like, yo, Chris, calm down, dude. You know, ch- channel that energy someplace else. So I, I took that as like a red flag. Like this guy's got a he's not emotionally super stable. Like you get him off his off his game, even in a fight. I don't think he's got the, you know, the, the 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 coping mechanisms to deal with it the right way. That's not the right way to deal with it. I'm sorry to say, going on Twitter and arguing with stupid fans about a fight when you're just never going to win that argument is just 40 fights, and now you're doing this, dude. So I just red flags, red flags for me. I'm gonna go with Nasruddin Imovov. Um, I didn't give you any real reason why Chris Curtis can't win, though, and he can't knock out anybody, so Chris Curtis can win this fight. Jasmine, Jasmine Vicious versus Miranda Maverick. Give me Maverick. I like Jasmine-ish, and you could make an argument for her in Canada. Maybe gets the hands going, but, man, Miranda Maverick is a very good wrestler, and that's probably going to be what happens here. There's a lot of wrestling and position control. One more thing on Maverick, though. She tends to lose these fights that maybe she should win, so I she's favored here. Give me Maverick. Um, Zahabi. Canadian fighter versus Arichi Lang. Uh, oof, I, I don't have a thought in this fight yet. I'm, I'm, I would think that the, yeah, no thoughts in this fight, guys. Sorry, I'm going to pass on that one for now. Blake Builder, give me Blake Builder to beat Kyle Nelson. Um, questions about Kyle Nelson, I definitely have. Blake Builder, that record's a little deceiving, 8-0-1, but he had a fight or two ago where he was kind of pushed to the brink and could have dropped it to, you know, dropped to 8-1. But nonetheless, um, I'm going to give me, give me Blake Builder. David Dvorak versus Steve Urseg. I don't know the Steve Urseg guy from West New Zealand. Australia, I'm sorry. Australia and New Zealand. Um, but David DeWork, a lot more experience. He's a pretty big favorite here, like minus 300 or so around there. 20 and 5. Give me David DeWork. He should win this fight. 
Oh, Diana Belbita versus Maria Oliveira. I did do this fight breakdown earlier. Uh, let me just read something to you guys. I'll give you my 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 early insight in this fight. And let me also pull up my fight notes in this fight here. Hold on a second here. My drive, uh, UFC 289. And let's go here to Belbita. We'll share the screen here. All right, so some fight notes here on Diana Belbita versus Maria Oliveira. And um, also pull up the uh, notes I have here. All right, so we have Maria Oliveira by decision. That's the prediction. This fight is approximately lined at a pick and that does make sense. Neither fighter has significant advantage on the feet or in any one area. They both have good volume while also absorbing too many strikes. Neither of them do much wrestling. This fight likely plays out on the feet for three rounds with the judges having to pay, play a pick You know, here goes a fight where it probably goes to those like close score cards, and it's like, I don't know who won. I don't know who won. They have a common opponent. They both fought DePaula. Oliveira defeated DePaula by split decision, so barely beat DePaula. And then Belbita lost to her by uh, decision. So, you know, it's like they're same level, right? Uh, notably, they're both young fighters, 26, 27, respectively. These guys are both making big gals, making big improvements. We should expect that they're very young, which means you could see one of them come out here and look much better than they were last time or so on and so forth. Or maybe make a big mistake because they're so young, right? Oliveira is not known for her submissions, right? But Belbita has been submitted in four of her seven defeats. So she does have some problems with submission defense. I don't think Oliveira submits her. But the submission prop for Oliveira might be kind of juicy. It may be worth a sprinkle. Oliveira has one submission on her resume, a triangle choke, way back in the day. Um, the betting spots like the most for this fight are going to be the fight going over two and a half rounds. The fight starts round number three, and then the fight goes the distance. Those are the spots we like. Now, as for our notes, you're looking at right here. Strawweight bout, 170 pounds. Belbita's 27 out of House of Champions. A striker, orthodox stance from Brazil. Averaging just about 12 minutes of fighting time, landing 6.43 strikes per minute, absorbing 6.18. So it has a positive striking ratio, but barely, and obviously absorbing too many strikes. Takedown offense, 0.63 takedowns per 15 minutes with 68% takedown defense. Has 21, 21 total fights on her resume between amateur, pro, and exhibition. Has been a professional for nine years. What do we like about Diana Belbita? UFC experience. This will be her fifth UFC fight. Finishing skills, eight of her Eight of her twenty-one. I'm sorry. Eight of her finishes um, in twenty-one total fights at thirty-eight percent. It's pretty good. So eight finishes in twenty-one total fights. Good cardio, solid output. Obviously recognized by the, uh, the the striking output, right? Our concerns for Belbita: striking defense, absorbing six point one eight strikes per minute, and then lost by submission four of her seven fights. For Maria Oliveira, twenty-six out of Piranha Valtudo, kickboxer, orthodox stance from Brazil as well. Just over twelve minutes of average fight time, about the same as her opponent. Averaging a little less 5.27 strikes per minute, absorbing 5.35. So she has a negative striking ratio, getting hit too much. Almost the same thing for takedown numbers, right? 0.62 takedowns per fight, but a little less on the takedown defense, 47%. I don't imagine the fight goes to the ground. I think it's going to be on the feet for all three rounds, unless we have a scramble or a slip, right? 20 total fights for Maria, and she's been a pro for eight years. So experience-wise, fight-wise, about the same. What's to like about Maria? Has nice length, good long arms, nice legs. Does her best work at range, which is kicking you, right? Punching you, staying at range. Good volume striker. We do expect her to make improvements, right? She's 26 years old and very athletic. I think she's a little bit faster and quicker than Belbita. I want to say tougher. Belbita's tough. Now, what are our concerns for Maria? She is 2-2 two two in her last four fights, inconsistent. 
the split decision that she had uh, over DePaula. If she did not get that split, she would be 0-3 in her last three fights. So, you know, just say one more judge gets it the other way. She'd be on a three-fight losing streak. She lost on contender series. She got knocked out in round one by Marina Rodriguez. So she didn't get into the UFC because of that. She got called up later on. Um, not a replacement, but she got called up at some point later on, even after that loss. Our concerns are also for her that she absorbs too many strikes, right? Negative striking ratio. And then durability. She has been finished three times. All three of those times happened before the UFC against lower-level co competition. So some question marks there. Um, the long and short of it is this. Give me Maria Oliveira. And if I can pull up, let me just pull up something here. Make sure I got the right screen. Um, so just looking at my notes here for, okay, I'm not done with my full notes here, but yeah, give me Marina Oliveira. Not very confident. Okay. I'm not very confident in that selection. And uh, I would imagine the line stays around there. It doesn't move too much because. Look at their recent fights, right? They both fought the same fighter, and they both barely went to decision. Or one loss, one won, um, and they're very similar. I do like the matchup, though. So matchmakers did a good job here. We're not one person's a grappler, you know. Other ones a wrestler. No, these are two strikers. We should see all action for 15 minutes, and a surprise might. I mean, sorry, Brian. A, a finish would surprise me a little bit, but it wouldn't be. It's not going to be a huge surprise. We could see somebody get clubbed here at some point because Belbito will be throwing smoke. She gets hit a lot, gets reckless. Uh, Maria Oliveira, you know, she gets hit a lot. By the way, did I say Diana Belbita was from um, Brazil? I did, right? That was a, a typo there. She is from Romania. I didn't. I, I don't know why I said that she was from Brazil. I need to fix that right now. Maria Bel Diana Belbita is from Romania. Call myself. Call myself. Um, she looked Brazilian, right? Okay, so yeah, that fight card thirty nine this weekend. It's going to kick off at. 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. That'll probably be like, oh, 4 o'clock-ish over in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, shout out to my buddy Dave from uh, BC Dave and co with him and Ranj. My man Dave is Canadian, doesn't live too far from it. He's actually going to the event. Also, Monique Yip, my co-host on Fridays, she's going to the event. A matter of fact, I may not be able to do the show with her this Friday because she may not be available. So I have to do a show without her. But um yeah, Monique is going to be traveling to to go and uh, see UFC 289 in person, which is dope. Some comments here real quickly, guys. Um, Ice Viking says here, Jasmine is a good wrestler too. Odds might be a little wide for such a young, hungry fighter. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, Jasmine is not terrible on the ground. Matter of fact, she gets top control. She could be a problem. You know? So. Um yeah, Benil already minus 150 on some books. I mean, I think he's going to finish Oliveira. I like me some Oliveira, but, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just, I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So, um, Colossum writes in here, he says, Steve got a good guillotine. He can hold his own uh, in the grappling, but he leaves his head too high, um, too bad, bad defense. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, man. Good point, Colossum. He does. He does. Uh, Clash Moss writes in here. He says, I can't wait to see the grappling exchanges between Oliveira and Benilla. Dude, it's going to be high level. Benilla's a, a monster on the ground. Of course, Oliveira maybe one of the most dangerous people from his back, right? Um, or even just dangerous anytime, right? He, he gets on your back somehow. Anything like that, man. He is a crafty, crafty grappler. Maybe one of the best in mixed martial arts. It has like the most submissions, right? I think he's got the most submissions ever. I could be wrong, but Oliveira's up there. Yeah, going to be amazing. Um, I think on the feet, you know, Oliver is underrated sometimes, does a pretty good job. 
But man, the power of Dariush, I, yai, yai. He's a name that people just don't talk enough about. He's like under the radar, but he's good. He's real good. I like him here. I like him. Um, Ice Viking says, we have a bunch of Romanians in Canada. Oh, that's kind of cool. The Romanian people are kind of dope. Reminds me like of the Nadia Komodic, former gymnast, you know, from Romania. And, uh, you know, her coach was a Bella Caroli. Yes, yes. Good times back in the day, back in the day. Okay, boys and girls, I am going to begin my descent. We are at 2.15 a.m. This show is supposed to be from midnight to 1.30 a.m. That's usually the the, the plan. Um, and here we are about to be into two and a half hours of coverage. But you know what? We love it. We love mixed martial arts. We love talking about it. And uh, so why not? And we got to the very good detail there in regards to that Kai Car France fight, uh, a fight that, for lack of better words, it's just not going to it's not going to sit well with people, no matter how you break it, no matter how that cookie crumbles. You know, there's going to be people who are going to say that, like, if you if you go to the letter of the law, you're going to say, oh, no, he had more strikes, should have won. I get it. I just uh, I think when you when you fight in that way, you leave yourself wide open for, you know, interpretation. Um, oh, quickly. There's a movie that's out on Insta- Instagram. It's out on Amazon. What is this thing called? Is it called Medellin? Yeah, it's called Medellin. Like Medellin, like the uh, the Colombian city or oh, Pablo Escobar. This shit is on Amazon Prime. I was watching it for some reason earlier. We just had nothing else going on. I put it in the background. And oh, hilarious. It's It's got like Mike Tyson in it. Cyril Gons in it. Cyril Gaon is in there. He he knocks out a guy a few times and does some kickbox. It's it's just a riot. Um, should not be taken seriously. It's definitely just full on silly comedy. Uh, all kind of different characters. Like I said, Mike Tyson's in it. I'm at the tail end of the movie, but I'm gonna probably rewind it. Maybe get some dinner after this and uh, and watch it because it's really quite funny. It's on Amazon Prime called Medellin. Uh, this week, reminders for what is on the course. What's the what's the deal? Well, first things first, we're going to have our breakdown videos coming out by Wednesday of this week for this weekend's UFC 29. So our breakdown videos will be out, I'm hoping more by Tuesday, but you know what? I'm going to get behind. I know it more like Wednesday. Uh, The write-up for the newsletter, that I'm hoping to have done by tomorrow. That's Tuesday. Um, Have that completely done out for you guys. Uh, Sorry, not Tuesday. Tomorrow's Monday. Tuesday. Have that up by Tuesday. But one new wrinkle. We don't want to wait for the newsletter to go out by Wednesday because we want to get this content out to you guys faster. So we're waiting on these prop bets to come out. The prices aren't available. So we'll do this. We'll give you the whole write-up in the newsletter on Tuesday for UFC. And then sometime Thursday or Friday, we'll send out a separate notification, separate email with a tip sheet for that event where we have all the props and everything. So this way you get the write-ups early on in the week. You can peruse that, get some betting ideas. And then ultimately, end of the week, we give you the the actual final tip sheet where you have all the information uh, about our tips and our bets and what we're doing for that fight car. So that'd be a little bit of a change. And then, of course, in the newsletter this week, there'll be a column there from Haley that'll be coming out sometime this weekend. I think maybe before, prior after the fights, right after the fights will be over. She'll publish something there. Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, um, yours truly, Manny, with Monique. That's for MMA Happy Hour every Friday, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. We missed her last week. She was under the weather. And this week, we probably won't have her on Friday. What I'll do for you guys, because it's nice to have a co-host, I'll look and see if I can find a co-host for me on Friday to do the show with me. That'll be a last-minute look at UFC 289 and the weekend ahead. Um, what else do we have, though, this week? We also have... Um, I feel like I just skipped over some things. So 289 is on Saturday. 
but on Friday you have one, and on Thursday you have PFL four. Wow, Thursday we go on Thursday. These do Thursdays before. Interesting. So PFL number four is on Thursday. Interesting. At six thirty, that event's being held in. Uh, let me look it up here. We're being held in Atlanta, Georgia, on Thursday. Kind of weird. Uh, Friday's got one fight night uh, being held at eight o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Then we have our show on Friday night, eight to nine o'clock p.m. for MA Happy Hour, which is the last last look at UFC 289. Talk about the weight, the weigh-ins, all that stuff. Uh, like I said, do a last minute review and also open up a bottle of wine. That's why it's called MMA Happy Hour. We open up a bottle of wine with you guys each week and do a little bit of a review. I'll do the best I can with my review because it's really more Monique's thing, but she won't be here, I don't think, on Friday. Unless um, I gotta double check. Maybe she's available on Friday. I gotta talk to her. We'll see um what else we have here what else okay oh on um so for so for friday you got it come by friday breakdown videos got that and then uh next sunday of course same time same place midnight eastern time on sunday which is pretty much monday morning you've got a happy hour to check in with your boy right here go over the week that was what happened who won who lost our tip sheet all the results and um you know between now and then subscribe subscribe and subscribe share our content follow us on twitter follow us on instagram that's how we in essence you know grow our audience pay the bills around here so we need your support hit us up on all the socials comments suggestions all that stuff is very welcome um but again the schedule we'll be picking up the next few weeks we've got an mfc event coming up we're adding some new shows to the schedule a lot more content coming your way and uh if you're a paid subscriber for our newsletter by the way special thanks we really appreciate you guys i know it's five bucks a month doesn't seem like a lot but it adds up the more people that we have subscribing to our newsletter, you get the full tip sheets, you get the full access to more content, uh, research tools, Excel sheets, the whole nine. Um, that's five pesos a month. Not very much. And again, you're supporting your man over here and the network and the people that we're bringing on. I can tell you right now, we just spent, spent a little of a mint the last you know few weeks uh, getting equipment out to some of our new partners because, yeah, we actually went and sent out some equipment to people like Haley and people like Devin and Zelvin, um, let them know that listen, we, we support them in this endeavor and sort of gifting them, gifting them with some really legit equipment to help them get their podcast up and running and help make the quality of their content with us even better. So we're invested, making some moves, getting things done. Um, but next few weeks will be exciting. And I'm looking forward to, you know, getting some of these shows on the line and giving with the people what they want. Right. So that's the schedule coming up this week. Um, if time permits, if, if, if I will try to squeeze in one of the study sessions or one of the after-hour sessions that's probably going to be somewhere in that Wednesday, Thursday-ish, uh, maybe Thursday, right? Like have like a pre-fight show for PFL, and then maybe just go live and you know talk talk through PFL. Maybe that. Maybe PFL would do like a watch along, watch along for PFL on Thursday, and then turn that into like a study session on Thursday night. If I have the energy, that would seem like the most uh, most most efficient way to do it. On that note, boys and girls, let me put on some tunes here. I am down to the final few minutes with you guys. It's been great. Um, of course, I think it's a good time to shout out the people that have come through tonight because, you know, without you, it ain't possible. Appreciate you guys. So let me get into, let me get into the list of people that I want to thank. And these are like the OGs. You guys are, you know, always here to support. People like Tom Miggins and shit, always here to support, which I appreciate you guys so much. All right. Let me get to the chat here. I don't want to miss anybody. Let me go to the top. Tone Miggins checked in. Numero uno. Thank you, Tone Miggins. I appreciate you. Anthony W. Do you miss the show? I don't think so. Hi, 3 MMA. What's up, my man? Fookin MMA. He says he loved the late night sessions. Yeah, dude. Love you too. Um, Terry Mizo. Welcome. Good to have you, brother. 
And then I think I'm getting repeats. Terry, Anthony, you guys in the chat. CX, CX just popping in before work. Thank you for coming in, dude. I appreciate you very much. Uh, Antoine Willis, my man, Antoine. Always good to have you. You're always welcome here. You're in a circle of trust. Remember, MA Fight Club, we got two rules around here. Rule number one, E-L-E, baby. Everybody love everybody. Rule number two, tell everybody about Fight Club. Tell them about it. Best place to be. Cool people. Good vibes, you know. After hour stuff, cool projects, good content. Interviews. Interviews. Natan Levy interviews up last Friday. Check it out. It's on our channel. That's what I forgot. How did I forget? Every Friday we have interviews. Every Friday. Every Friday we have a new interview, a new fighter. I am working on the interview for this week. Can't give the name just yet because I don't want to name drop, then they don't come through. But uh, we will have a new interview for you every Friday that airs at 11 a.m. Eastern time. It premieres. You can actually go watch it, interact, get the comment section. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Every Friday on our YouTube channel, you'll see us airing an interview with a new fighter. UFC fighter, Bellator, PFL, you name it. We hit it up. Um, all brought to you here by MA Fight Club. What else are we not doing? I mean, what are we not doing for you guys? You know what we're not doing? We're not giving enough winning tips and enough winning uh, tickets are not coming back in. That's one thing I want to improve on as we move into these next few events. We've got UFC, like, what, 13 or 14 straight weeks. We need to get this thing on fire. Last week, minus 1.23 units official on the track bets. Not going to track. 1.32, not going to cut it. We need more than that. We need to do better. So some goals for us in the uh, short term. Um, back to thanking people. So, yes, thank you, Antoine. Icy Prime, thank you for coming through. Icy Prime, appreciate you. Of course, Ice Viking. Ice, you mix. Uh, I'm sorry, mix. You missed the beginning of the show. We were giving shout outs to the people in the Tapology group, and uh, I shouted you out, of course, dude, because you're an OG, and I appreciate you coming through, my man. Thank you very much. Uh, Colostrum, also, oldie but goodie, man. I've known of this guy for a while, too. He's been around the game for a minute. Always appreciate him coming through. And yes, Anthony, the grind is real. I. I'm glad you appreciate it. We're trying to tighten the screws on everything around here and figure out how we can make ourselves different, how we could differentiate our program, uh, pro programming, all of it, make it better. But you guys all help make it happen. Being here, supporting our content, um, liking, subscribing, all those things do matter. So if you guys have Amazon Prime, maybe after I'm tuning off with you guys, uh, check out that movie, Metal In. There's a midget, <laughs> a lot going on up in there. Um, that would be a movie that if I could do a watch along with you guys and do a movie, that would be one of them. But I don't know how to do that. Can you do a movie on the internet where you're watching it with the people live? I don't think you can. It's just copyright issues. It, they'll shut you down. Just it wouldn't work. So I tried it one time. It didn't go very well. So, but uh, on that note, boys and girls, I I am now seeing the runway as I'm making my final descent here into JFK Airport, beautiful confines of New York City. I don't live in New York City anymore, but I lived there for years, and uh, what an amazing place. I think I took it for granted now that I, li I lived there for so many years and just didn't think much about it. And never visited the Empire State Building, never visited the World Trade Center when it was around, and took it a lot for granted just because I, I, I lived in the city. I lived in Manhattan, you know? But uh, as I make my descent, I can see Manhattan underneath of us, all the bright lights, and going into JFK Airport, landing the plane for MMA Fight Club. Another episode under the belt. Again, for those who could not tune in right now, you're hearing us tomorrow morning. Have a great morning. Kick some ass in that interview. Get the job you're interviewing for. Drink an extra little bit of a cup of coffee so you're ready to go. Clean shaven for the men, the women. Clean shaven the legs, whatever it's going to be. Just clean shaven. 
and go out there and be a killer. Attack the week, right? Don't let the week don't let the week eat you up. You be on the attack. Hit Monday like a ton of bricks. You know what I'm saying? So for those in the morning who are waking up and hearing this, thank you. Thank you for checking in with us. And we missed you last night, but uh, better late than never. And uh, for those out there that are catching us, maybe on Tuesday, maybe Thursday, I don't know, maybe you had a long work week and you're catching us later on, still good enough too. Just remember, give us a rating. Give us a five-star rating. If you don't, I'm inclined to think that you are a hater. You don't like our content. We've got content on podcasts. We've got content on YouTube and on Twitch. And we've got written content. We've got content all over the damn place. Content kings over here. But thank you. Uh, thank you guys in the audience. Appreciate you guys very much. Those who come through these late night feeds and, you know, it's it's surprise. You'd be surprised. It's one or two compliments. It's one or two comments even. Just that could feed the machine. And I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, very positive and uh and always complimentary which i appreciate and uh that's indicative of you guys positive vibes ele that's the that's the program we're building here right on that note boys and girls i'm gonna go ahead and uh land this plane i can see the the lights in the landing strip i see the guy with the the orange things in his hand (laughs) and i'm landing this bad boy Look forward to seeing you guys this week again please tune in for our breakdown videos for ufc 289 those will be coming out the next 48 hours or so on this channel subscribe to our uh, our newsletter if you can and uh we appreciate the hell out of you guys i'm gonna go out here with a song that uh you guys know this song i play this song just about every single episode all right guys i'll see you soon